Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome along to Wednesday, the 14th of March. I bet your bottom dollar, if you ask people in the street, Professor Stephen Hawking, they'll go, yes, man in wheelchair. He picked his own voice, apparently, which I thought was quite unusual, because I've got, I've got no... Uh, recollection of what his original voice sounded like. But I bet if you say to people in the street, and I bet you anything, you can put a pound on this one easily, and say, what was he famous for? They'll go, he was a scientist. And that's all people will know about him. They just know that he was very, very intelligent, but they don't know why he was very intelligent. So perhaps we'll unravel a little bit of that uh, this morning on the programme for you. Uh, also, the story of the pupils who chained and whipped a black boy in a mock slave auction. School didn't see anything the matter with that one at all. Uh, cavemen had feelings. A little bit late to tell us now, isn't it, really? Uh, Putin has raised the stakes. Well, he's certainly not taken any notice of what Therese May said to him. You know, by midnight. And he's gone, do your work. And so, so what have they done? We just found another one dead. And that's, I mean, I don't know if that's called raising the stakes or if they're sort of pushing out saying, this is, this is what we can do. This one was an enemy. Uh, he was on a wanted list and, and was living over here. But obviously their, their tentacles spread far and wide. I'm assuming, I'm only guessing, because you have to guess with these things unless you actually know for a fact. You know, we used to laugh, didn't we, the James Bond films, you know, the KGB and they were listening in and we listened in to them and all the rest of it. But of course, if, if truth be known, that's exactly what it's like. Over in Moscow, I should imagine, the whole city must be honeycombed with tunnels and listening devices and people sitting there saying the blue goose flies at dawn. And we all go, it's not like that, is it? And they go, actually, it's not unsimilar to that. It really isn't. So there's two people still in hospital. We don't know if they're going to live or die. There's uh, another one who's just been found at the age of uh, 68, a Russian exile. We seem to take them all, don't we? Bring on all your lame dogs. We'll sort of take them on if they're criminals, crooks, paedophiles, rapists. Doesn't seem to matter. We just welcome them all in here. And then uh, and then we sort of seem surprised. Uh, the uh, terror... A command unit was leading the investigation into the death as a precaution because of associations that man is believed to have had. I mean, how many people like this are living over it? Answer, loads. Loads and loads of people like that living over here. So uh, let's wait and find out, shall we, what uh, Theresa May thinks she's going to be doing that's going to frighten Russia so much. The former US, uh, UK ambassador to these states, Sir Christopher Mayer, is talking about the poisoning. I mean, you can talk about it forever and a day. The only person who appears to know what's going on are people over in Russia. We're assuming that's where it's come from. I can't think that, you know, after four years of him living here, we're really going to be bothered by him, or they're really going to be bothered by him, unless it sends out a warning to other spies. I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. I'm not, not that well keyed up, but I just don't know what Theresa May thinks she can do that's going to frighten um, Russia. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Anyway, apart from that, uh, Dougie Pointer to uh, rock out in a new band which I'm sure he'll do very, very well. Uh, Kelly's melons are revealed again. <clears throat> yes, believe it or not, Kelly Brook is still hanging around Thai fruit markets. So we, we've done pineapples, we've done the usual get your boobs out. And uh, as I say, it's just become so, so tedious. Also, the chances of three people in the same family getting seats together on a Ryanair flight is one in 17,000. That's a, although, to be honest with you, if you're that balmy that you all want to sit together, you've only got yourselves to blame. Uh, trolls death threats to Cara Spitrow family. Remember after yesterday, Jamie Carragher and the spitting. Now it turns out that the father and the daughter are getting death threats. I mean, I, I, I can't say I'm not surprised. Can't say I'm not surprised because trolls now, they just sort of troll just about anybody. Why you'd want to troll somebody like that, I can't imagine. 
But uh, anyway, still spitting was wrong. I never got the answer. I was asking my friend Toby what we thought should happen. Because quite clearly the bloke on the phone should be prosecuted because he was on the telephone. I don't know what possible logical reason the police would have for not uh, not going for the uh, prosecution of that. You know, and should Jamie Carragher be prosecuted for spitting at somebody? On a, isn't there a isn't there a, a criminal offence of spitting? You can't just go up to somebody and spit at them, can you? Ridiculous. I saw a programme on the television yesterday. Did you see it? It was very odd. I think it was on the BBC, and it was a reporter. He'd obviously met one of these blokes called Teacup or Tea Leaf or whatever he was, and um, he was a black guy who went round on a little moped thieving. That's what he did. He thieved for a living. And she wondered, you know, because he also said he'd used acid and thrown acid in somebody's face. So they were basically giving him a platform uh, on the BBC. It was a very nice little bit of propaganda. It didn't kind of solve anything. But at the end of it, she said, I was wondering if there'd be something we can do to get him away from a life of crime, as if he's going to give up, you know, going around banging people over the head to nick their phones and their jewellery and stuff like that. Of course he wasn't. But uh, we went we went with it anyway, because it was interesting. And they took him to a car place because he liked driving fast cars. And he was still unidentifiable. I thought, you know, why don't you just hand his name on to the police? You know, she knows what he looks like. She obviously knows his name because she's been out filming with him. I didn't quite understand it at all. Very odd programme. Very odd. Uh, Zayn Malik and Gigi Hadid have split up. That was the one that we predicted. Um, because <clears throat> because these relate... They're, they're children. They're chil- they, don't, they don't have long relationships. Anything over a month is a long relationship. They went out for two years. But uh, you knew it was all going pear-shaped when he was pictured the other day with his shirt off. And I looked at him and thought, you look a bit emaciated like going out with somebody who's not eaten properly. And little tiny skinny legs. There's nothing nothing clever about him. He doesn't seem to do anything in the music business anymore. He's just kind of given up and enjoying the money, which is fine. If you want to do that, that's fine. But, uh, you know, don't ever think that their relationships are going to last. That's why Liam Payne and Cheryl, it's not going to last. Of course he's not. He's not old enough. Not old enough at all. Uh, Sharon Stone says she never guessed she'd be happy to turn 60. They make it sound like it, that he's sort of that she's sort of 90 or something like that. And you think, she's only 60. 60 is childlike. 60 is childlike. It's nothing at all, is it, nowadays? Uh, Roger Daltrey says he's now almost totally deaf, which is not so good. Uh, Scarlett Moffat, uh, the papers are now saying, should give the money back. She's taken it under false pretenses for her diet DVD, How to Lose Weight, because that DVD did not promote her diet. What they should have said is... Uh, here she is going to Switzerland, here she is at boot camp, here she is living on a Weetabix shake or something and 700 calories. Got absolutely diddly squat to do with this DVD. Give the money back. It's been taken fraudulently. It's as simple as that. You know, it's like me sort of saying, oh, I've, I've, I've lost all this weight. And people go, how do you do it? And I go, well, actually, what I did was I had a cup of tea in the morning, a cup of tea in the evening and a chocolate biscuit. And people go, is that the diet? I go, no, actually, I went for a boot camp for three months and that was how it works. You know, so you've, you know, you've got to be honest with people. I said yesterday, you know, cheat people once, they'll remember you the next time round. You know, give the money back because you've taken it incorrectly. Simple as that. There's no two ways that, there's no argument. That DVD did not promote that weight loss on that girl. Boot camp in Switzerland did. Of course, you can't afford to go to Switzerland, can you? So there's no chance. Uh, Also, my bad. Can I get a cheeky Nando's? There's apparently a whole new raft of words coming up for people who eat in Nando's, which I'm a little bit... uh, a little bit uh, shy of, because I just don't understand any of the street talk. You know, there was a bloke yesterday on the tele... Yeah, man, he kept saying, yeah, man. What do you mean, man? What's that? You know, yeah, bro. Sorry? Bro. What are you on about? Bro. It's what we talk like, isn't it? I'm sorry, you're from, you're from Woodford. What are you on about? 
ridiculous. Uh, also, what's the other one I quite liked actually? Um, I don't, I don't get gender neutral toilets. I thought all toilets are gender neutral. I mean, you know, here <clears throat> in this building, you could use the gents' toilet if you were a woman, and you could use the um, the ladies' toilets if you're a bloke. There's no, there's no dip. They're just cubicles. Doesn't make any difference what you're doing, does it? In there, but in this particular school, they've got. <clears throat> Excuse me, gender-neutral toilets, just in case. Just in case of what? What difference does it make? What, whether you stand up to pee or you sit down to pee? Does it really make any difference? The answer is probably not. Uh, we will talk about um, being a couple. Being in a couple in a relationship makes you fat, apparently. I don't know why. I suppose because you're complacent. I suppose because you're content. And so you think, oh, that's quite nice, isn't it? It doesn't matter. After you've, you know, if, if you're in a relationship... You know, you've seen all the good bits, you've seen all the bad bits. Why would you worry about it? Why would you worry about what you look like anymore? It's not going to make any difference. It's only when you're in the start of a new relationship and you watch these dating programmes on the television. And I've seen them where they go to this restaurant thing and some peculiar-looking bloke with a very gay little beard thing going on, uh, sort of saying, oh, yes, we have somebody for you here. And then you look at these people and you think, I'm not at all surprised you're single. There's generally something the matter. We had one the other day. She did hula hooping with women, so she didn't like meet many sort of like men. And that was a bit difficult. And I thought to myself, oh, God, you're going to turn out to be the drip of all drips. And, uh, and they do the come dine with me's. And then they have another one whereby you go to somebody's house. They, they cook you a very average meal. As I say, I'd want to see a hygiene certificate, first of all. And then, they, uh, and then you, you sort of decide at the end of the week which person you're going to go back and take on a date. The others just get a takeaway meal. And, uh, and to be honest with you, I would think it was based on as much as how much money they're earning as to what their house looks like, as to anything. I couldn't care less what their food's like. Let's go out and eat. Don't stay in. But when you watch them in this restaurant and they, they we had that, do you remember the woman the other week? And the bloke said, so what do you do for a living? And then she sort of sat there and she went, I'm a dominatrix. And I thought, how tacky for you to be on television. How tacky, how embarrassing, really, to have to sit there and tell people you're a dominatrix. You know, which is basically just telling people what to do. By that token, I suppose, I could be seen as a as a dominatrix on the programme because I have to sort of tell people what to do. You know, I say, can we do this? Can we do that? And um, and then we sort of we sort of get through it that way. Uh, Blanche says, uh, don't tell Porky's, give your travel pass back. Shh, don't say anything. Don't want to get into trouble. Uh, one of my best mates, Roger's in Sydney. Was there a joke there or something? Can we do jokes this morning? Both grew up in Hong Kong as sons of British expats. He listens to you every morning, stroke afternoon, his time. So there you go. We've got people listening all over the place. People even in Dubai. People in, even in Dubai. And um, what else have we got? Oh, God, there's loads of stories in the papers. Because Stephen Hawking literally came in about half an hour before we, uh, before we, we started. Uh, that's why it's, it's new. It's a new story. I didn't even... He wasn't ill, as far as I know. Uh, we'll try and get some more uh, information for you on the programme. Uh, Jim says, you know what Mrs M should have used as a, the ultimate response to Putin? Threatened to offload the GC person out there. How about her and Bobby Cole Norrish? Take both of them. That'll be enough to kill the Russians. Because you know what they're like about uh, about sort of people like Bobby Cole Norris. Oh, blimey. Wouldn't last five minutes over there. Uh, oh, snow. Here we go again. Yes, they reckon snow. It is cold enough. It is cold enough. Uh, Cheryl's pals sell secrets. An old story, this one. Uh, naughty boy has lashed out at her friends for selling stories about their private life. Well, obviously not friends then, are they? But mind you, I do suspect, in my heart of hearts, that poor little Cheryl Tweedy doesn't actually have many friends. Uh, and if she has, she tries to distance herself from them. So who knows? And, 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 Harry Styles left his fans confused. 
as they wrongly accused him of ripping off George Michael's song Faith. He was in Switzerland as he debuted his new song Anna on the first day of the world tour. Somebody said it was very, very similar to Faith. Oh dear. Oh well, there you go. Sure, Harry Styles do very well, as long as he stays out of the country and he does his things. And then they've got pictures in the papers, as they always have, of the racegoers at Cheltenham. My God, there's some rough people there. There was a picture in one of the papers. I looked at it and I went, oh dear, I think we know from which side of the tracks you're from. It always attracts the wrong people, doesn't it? People who've really got no idea of what to wear. People who've got no class. They've got no nothing at all. It just attracts chabby chav chavs, which is not so good, is it? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 4.20, Professor Stephen Hawking has uh, died at the age of 76. Um, His family, his children, Lucy, Robert and Tim, said, we're deeply saddened that our beloved father passed away today. Uh, He was the author of several popular science books, including A Brief History of Time. Again, way over 99% of our heads, I should imagine. But they praised his courage and persistence and said his brilliance and humour inspired people across the world. He earned a place at Oxford University to read natural science in 1959. And uh, it all sort of took off from there. And he once said, it would not be much of a universe if it wasn't home to the people you love. They'll miss him forever, they have said. But as I say, I'm I'm trying to find out. He was a a theoretical physicist. Uh, He worked with black holes and uh, and relativity. Is that the relativity and, you know, and because to be honest with you, it goes right over my head. I've got no idea at all. Not a clue. I can sit there and go, I know who he is. I know he's the bloke in the wheelchair and I know he's got this voice, but I don't know what he says. I need to sit down. I'm, I'm tempted to buy, buy the book A Brief History of Time, but I suspect it must be way over my head. I'm never going to understand anything at all like that. I just have to accept the fact that there are clever people who understand what they're talking about and then there's people like me who just take it all in and nod and smile and go, oh, good. But we don't know anything, do we? Trying to find somebody to talk about him, a little bit difficult at the moment because of the time span. So we're, we're uh, looking at America at the moment because that looks uh, about one of the most likely places that we're going to find somebody at this time because he works over there. Said to be worth about £20 million. So, uh, and I think he was married. In fact, I'm pretty certain he was married. And uh, I think this could have been second wife. But he picked his own voice. I think they obviously gave him a choice. He picked up pneumonia, I seem to remember, some years ago, and that was what, that was what sort of did it. But uh, in 1963, he had this motor neuron disease, given two years to live. That was in 63. How fast we've moved on. Outlined his theory that black holes emit Hawking radiation in 1974, published The Brief History of Time in 88, sold more than 10 million copies, and uh, his life story was the subject of the film The Theory of Everything, starring... Eddie Redmayne. And if you remember, Eddie Redmayne was uh, absolutely brilliant. Uh, he earned his place at Oxford University to read natural science in 1959. Then he studied for his PhD at Cambridge. But uh, he'll leave behind a huge legacy, I suppose, for people in the know, for people who understand exactly everything to do with, uh, with time and space and things like that. But as I say, it's, it goes over most people's heads. But uh, it certainly came as a bit of a shock this morning. You just don't expect it, really, do you? All of a sudden, the news comes through and you go... Because you expect people like him. When you consider that in, what was it, 63, they gave him two years to live. And here we are in 2018. He's, uh, he's done very well indeed at the age of 76. So that'll be an interesting one to watch. And I'm sure that the papers... Not today, of course, but tomorrow. The only papers you'll read today with uh, anything on Stephen Hawking would be the Metro and the Standard, because everything else has already been printed. Uh, we will come around to the story a bit later on as well of the pupils chained and whipped a black boy in a mock slave auction. 
don't quite get that one at all. Anywhere else, that'd be, you know, people would be going, I'm sorry, I don't think you can do things like that. Uh, also, the Star Wars crucifix, plainly offensive. It's a Star Wars character on the cross. And people have said this is grossly offensive to Christians. I think what you have to do in a lot of these cases, you have to turn the other cheek. I think that's the whole idea. Very easy to be offended. Very easy to be offended about just about everything in this day and age. You know, you can be offended about plastic or offended about lighting or offended about windows or glass or, you know, people sort of saying different things or coming up with a different phrase. People go, oh, you can't say things like that. I'm offended by it. They think, well, you just have to be offended then, won't you? Pat says, I was discussing the spitting incident with my son yesterday who's a serving police officer. The father should definitely be charged and Jamie with assault. Yes, because I think spitting is a form of assault, isn't it? I can't think of it as anything else. And definitely the bloke who took the things, who's, uh, he's a Man United fan, it now turns out, and he'd been getting death threats, and he said enough already. But then the moment it happened, I thought, you're going to get these peculiar trolls, you know, people who've got quite a few screws loose who are going to be coming out and saying things to him and his daughter. But uh, he should have been prosecuted by the police for using his phone at the wheel. The idea that he's not being, I think, uh, shows double standards. You know, you're either going to prosecute somebody or you're not going to prosecute. And unfortunately, if we've got a law that says you prosecute for using your phone, what do the police say to us? I've heard them no end of times on LBC. If you pick up your phone while your car is in motion, you're going to be done. And we know he was using his phone because you could see it quite clearly. Not good. Uh, 84850. Uh, if you think you're not clever, says James, I've read the book and I still haven't got a clue. I don't think anybody understands anything that Stephen Hawking said. I really, I mean... Really? Don't, have we got him speaking? Is he, is he, have we got him on YouTube? Is little, just so I can sort of try and um, demonstrate to you that, that what he was saying was way over our heads. Way over our heads. Because I wasn't sure whether it was, whether it was relevant to today or whether it's relevant to scientists. That's what I don't, I don't know. So we'll, we'll find a little clip of Stephen Hawking. Because he spent a lot of time touring around universities. But I wasn't sure if it was because he was so because he was in the wheelchair and because he was so famous for that, whether or not that overshadowed everything else. Or really, was he that terribly intelligent person that we just don't understand? I'm not in the same, same place as him at all. So if James says he read the book and he still hasn't got a clue, you know, that, that, would, be, uh, that would be very, uh, very difficult. So this is Stephen Hawking's words in the Paralympics 2012 opening ceremony. Okay, listen carefully. Ever since the dawn of civilization, people have craved for an understanding of the underlying order of the world. There ought to be something very special about the boundary conditions of the universe. And what can be more special than that there is no boundary? There should be no boundary to human endeavor. The Paralympic Games are all about transforming our perception of the world. We are all different. There is no such thing as a standard or run-of-the-mill human being, but we share the same human spirit. However difficult life may seem, there is always something you can do, and succeed at. The games provide an opportunity for athletes to excel, to stretch themselves, and become outstanding in their field. So let us together celebrate excellence, friendship, and respect. Powerful stuff, isn't it? But I don't know what he's saying. 
I mean, I, 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 I thought, what has that got to do with, with time and uh, dimension and stuff like that? All he's saying is, you know, here we are at the Paralympics and it's great. It celebrates excellence. And I have to, it's very moving to watch it because he comes on stage in his, in his wheelchair. But what's that got to do with the planets and everything else? I don't want to be rude, but I just don't, I don't quite get where the planets come into that. You know, if, if he sort of explained about the planets colliding. I mean, it was very moving. Don't get me wrong. I was sitting here transfixed watching it, and you were probably listening to it, thinking exactly the same, uh, thinking it's very nice, but he's only saying what, you know, I would have said if I'd been on the stage. This this represents, you know, people being talented and pushing themselves to the ultimate, the ultimate limit. And, and it's always very good. The Paralympics did very well, very well indeed, and we've had the Winter Olympics at the moment, haven't we? It's got Claire Balding in, even though she's on another channel. I thought she only worked for the BBC. Apparently she'll turn out to work for anybody. So she does a lot for four, doesn't she? And I think she also turned up on five. She was doing, I think, Crufts on five. I mean, at one point, I would, there was so much of her on the television, I began to think, I don't think we need any more of Claire Balding. Bad enough on the BBC when she was on sort of just about everything. But, uh, and then they've got, they've had another thing. They were doing the Paralympics. And they've got this bloke who turns up on the BBC all the time. He's in a wheelchair, and I can't remember what his name is. But they seem to have only the one person they seem to use all the time. They don't seem to spread their net to find other people, which they should do, definitely. Definitely. That's right, that one there, Addy. You know, who's on everything. I mean, he was born in 73, so he's a wheelchair basketball player. He got polio, uh, I think, uh, when he was about, yeah, 2004, apparently. But they seem to use him on everything now. He plays for Milton Keynes, I rest my case. I can't go any further. If somebody plays for Milton Keynes, that's it. But they, they sort of use him on everything. You know, he's, he's done Britain on benefits and everything else. I suppose trying to prove that, you know, being in a wheelchair is not something that can stop you doing presenting. But it is almost like, you know, once they found somebody, they just, they just stick with them and they turn up at everything. Like Claire Balding is on everything. They go, because she's good. Don't get me wrong. I don't have any problem with Claire Balding. It's just you think... I remember saying to Claire Rayner years ago, you're always on the television. And she said, I can't help it. She said, you film these things, and then what happens is they all get shown at the same time, so it looks like you're there. I remember seeing somebody doing one of those house programmes, and they were on two separate channels at exactly the same time. Nearly phoned them up and said, I can't believe it, you're still on the television. Uh, Steve, I'm not a medic, but I thought motor neuron disease was very quick from diagnosis to the end. He did very well if he was diagnosed as Dean in 63. Well, that's what I thought. He was given two years to live in 63. That would have taken it to 65. And here he is at the age of 76, still still going strong with motor neurons. I mean, that is, that's quite how many years? 53. Good God, I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable. So unless there was sort of, you know, claims made or the, you know, we've, uh, we've moved ahead in, in the science of it, I've got no idea. But I, I, I'm with you. I thought motor neurons, I lost a friend to motor neurons. Very, very difficult. Very, very difficult. You know, to watch somebody going from from being healthy and normal and vibrant and loving life to sort of literally, you know, getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And yet here he was at 76. Unbelievable. That's uh, Stephen Hawking, Professor Stephen Hawking, who's died at the age of 76. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. If you've just woken up, it's 26 minutes to five. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast on LBC. Professor Stephen Hawking has died at the age of 76. That news breaking just before we came on air this morning. We'll come back to that one a little bit later on for you. Uh, bad news if you're a white van man, of which there are many. I don't know why. They've, always, they've just been targeted, white van men, haven't they? But apparently you could be in the Treasury sites for a tax raid. 
A consultation has been announced on how to encourage the estimated 2.5 million van drivers on UK roads to go green. Philip Hammond has said as part of plans to improve air quality, the least polluting vans could have their vehicle excise duty cut. Uh, he said that such a scheme would follow our successful intervention to incentivise green taxes. So a tax exemption on electric taxes comes into force next month. It's worth about £1,500 a year on the green cabs, which cost more than forty grand, but produce zero emissions. A majority of vans are diesel fuelled, but escaped a tax rate on diesel cars in the last budget. But uh, they might be targeted. They might be targeted. Can't wait for this one. Can't wait for this one. It'll be very interesting, won't it? So uh, they're also saying, mo- most fans, I think, on UK roads that meet Euro 5 pollution standards pay 140 quid a year in VED. So uh, we'll have to have to wait and see, won't we? Uh, what have we got here? Uh, the Britain's Got Talent winner Ashley wins Cruft's agility with a lookalike Pudsey using a fake name. So, because Pudsey died, if you're not surprised, must be knackered, I should imagine, poor soul. Uh, and also... What is Princess Charlotte's favourite pastime, thanks to Dad, Prince William? Looks like she's got a lightsaber or something like that, but I suspect she's hanging on to the banisters. Uh, also, um, oh dear, uh, I'm trying to find something interesting. Apart from the fact that there is the story, I shall, I shall use it on my free podcast for this morning. It's about, um, it's about poor old Gemma Collins, uh, again, plugging some company which presumably is given her stuff for free, because otherwise why would you plug something? Saying, you know, I'm doing all this, you know, to be uh, invasive-free for surgery. We shouldn't put fillers in our face and all the rest of it. As I, I, I shall point out on the programme why you'd ever take beauty advice from Gemma Collins. Thank you very much indeed. She, she was plugging this sort of non-surgical facelifting and fat freezing, and she said the only way is natural. She knows nothing about anything at all. This equipment you can buy... In the States, I could set up an office down the road from here, call it Steve Allen's Non-Invasive Surgery, charge you 30 quid a session and, uh, and make out that it's really going to do you some good. Simple as that. People and their money are soon parted. Lots of people have said here, I thought that was a scan machine for a minute. And then somebody said, have you had fat freezing? Uh, you know, are there any needles involved and all the rest of it? There's obviously some really stupid people who buy into what somebody who's not medically qualified or any qualifications at all to tell you about having non She's just Somebody just said, listen, you do this. What The trouble is with Gemma Collins, poor soul, she doesn't realise the irony of it, is that, um, is that she's not medically qualified. If you want to lose weight, then you have to go on a diet and you have to put some effort in. She doesn't put any effort in at all. Unfortunately, obviously, her fans are sort of that easily and led and that gullible that they'll buy into just about anything. I think the, the telling thing about the photo that she's tweeted on her website is the fact that it's got the credit card machine right next to it just so you can pay your filthy lucre. You know, for something. I might as well just literally have set up something with lots of little flashing lights on it going, wee, oh, look at this. This is sucking the fat out. And it's, fr- what a load of old cobblers. It really is ridiculous. New electric cab is 70,000. Well, the papers say 40. You're obviously being overcharged for them. And uh, um, another one here says, Dominic, did you get on with Claire Rayner? She was lovely. She was the first one to talk about wings. First one to talk about wings on the radio. She was the first person who came into LBC, I remember years ago. She was a regular, regular here. And, um, and there was an advert running. And she, she, she heard this advert and she went, that's not me. And it was a, it was a sound alike. In the days, and it, I think it started on LBC, when if you couldn't get the actual person to do the advert, you got a sound alike in, almost like an impressionist. And so somebody was was doing an impression of uh, of her. I used to bump into her all the time with her husband down at uh, down at Joe Allen's. 
Her son's to do with food. He's a, he's a foodie. He's a foodie. But uh, no, I thought she was fine. I thought she was fine. She knew what she was talking about. She was ahead of the game. She was, again, different generation. It's like the Ken Dodd. I keep seeing all these programmes tributing stuff to Ken Dodd and talking about, you know, how, how good he was and how, how clever he was. And, and you think, yeah, he was. He was. It was from a different, different generation. But I'm still totally convinced that he never owned his house up in Notting Ash because some people thought it was funny. Notting Ash existed. They, they all thought it was fake. They thought he'd made it up with the jam butty mines and words like, I'll marmalise you and all this kind of stuff. And uh, <laughs> but it was all true. It was in his fa- it was in his fantasy. But he really did live in Notting Ash. There really is a place, as we've discovered, going around the country, there's some pretty mad names, aren't there? Pretty mad names out there. But Naughty Ash just, just seems so great. It's like, you know, the Beatles... I mean, it's all around Liverpool, have you noticed? Strawberry Fields actually exists in Liverpool. The Beatles wrote about, you know, places that they, that they knew. We never had anything like that. I was a bit disappointed, really. Uh, so, Dougie Pointer is heading for a new musical pasture. He's formed an alternative rock band. And uh, he's formed Inc., that's what they call, not very original, is it, I suppose, but I don't know what it takes to form a rock band nowadays. And uh, Strictly Come Dancing, Giovanna Panici and Jessica Wright made their red carpet debut. What does she do? Nothing. Nothing at all. Absolutely nothing. She just sort of spends about three years doing her makeup and then wanders out, does a few little poses. At the same Trick Awards, Rebecca Vardy. For what reason? No idea. It's for people in the business. It's a little bit embarrassing. But uh, I suppose poor old Jessica Wright, you know, uh, far from being left on the shelf, she's managed to find somebody who uh, enjoys the limelight as much as she does. Uh, Amber Davis turned up. As I say, they'll pick anything up, really. Uh, Caroline Flack was there, trying to distance herself from her current boyfriend. And then she takes an award. I think it was for Love Island or something. Uh, Also, Laura Whitmore. Slightly odd, isn't it? She'll chill turn up to the opening of a fridge door. And she turned up there and people go, who is it? And they go, it's Laura Whitmore. They go, what does she do? They go, no, no, she just turns up to places. Uh, also, uh, Stanley Johnson turned up and Dermot O'Dreary, who, who got radio personality. For some reason, best news presenter was Eamon Holmes. He hasn't presented news for God knows how many years, has he now? Didn't he ditch that one and it went to somebody better? Or did he just ditch it and it went to somebody who wasn't quite as good? I don't know, but best news presenter. Perhaps they're giving an award in case they think he might sort of explode or something like that. It's always very worrying, isn't it? Very, very worrying. Uh, Also, what else we got in the papers for today? This is uh, the pill which can end hot flushes in days. (gasps) Hot flushes for women are are really, really difficult things. Uh, Also, beauty spots. I don't know, when, when my mother died, I can remember because she lived in Henley. And she worked for the police. And all the way along the riverbank at Henley, the Thames there, there are benches. About every sort of 50 feet, there are benches. And people have them dedicated. And they say, you know, this, this bench is dedicated to my Aunt Enid. She used to love sitting by the river and stuff like that. So, which I like. I quite liked. And we were going to have a bench. And then we decided it was about 1,000-something pounds to put this bench in. So we decided, actually, my, my mother maybe wouldn't have wanted to sit by the river all the time. And also, we did go along there and have a look, and a few of them had been vandalised. So I thought, I'd, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have liked that very much. But I like the idea that there are benches, because I don't think there's enough places to sit down. In Twickenham, I'm constantly looking around on the high street to go and sit somewhere. You know, so you can just sit down and watch the world go by. And they either place the benches, they're a bit thick, the council, under trees, which have got uh, pigeons in, which crap all over the place. So you've got benches which are just covered in pigeon poo. As I say, shoot the blooming lot of them, as far as I'm concerned. Gas the pigeons. I mean, I'll I'll go out and do it myself if necessary. 
uh, because they're just everywhere. It's just awful. The mess that is left on the streets and the crows and the rooks and all the other things, it's getting really bad out there. And, of course, you get the mad people who go out and drop bird seed and breadcrumbs and biscuits all over the place. As I say, you, you can only imagine what their, their place must be like. But now the beauty spot's ruined by too many memorial benches. Who says so? The National Trust. Charles Aluto says one of his favourite spots have been blighted by 18 memorial benches. But people just like to sit down, Charles. Stop being an old Mary. Goodness sake. He's called for restrictions on bench numbers to avoid turning beauty spots into graveyards. They're not graveyards. They're not propping people up on them. They're just somewhere to sit down. And when you get to a certain age, and I'm at that age, I like sitting down. I like sitting down and sort of staring and watching the world go by. My favourite thing, I told you, South End Pier, halfway down there, the one that Jamie Oliver used, that little cafe down there. Nice cup of tea. Watch it looking out to sea. I could sit there all day. Somebody brought out a plate of chips and something like that and some kebab meat. You can wrap the kebab meat round the chips. That'd, that'd suit me fine. I'd love things like that. Absolutely love it. So I don't have a problem with, um, with sort of beauty spots. And, and benches everywhere, because when you get to be a certain age, you want to sit down. And I don't understand why, you know, councils don't understand that we want to sit down. I want to sort of find somewhere to sit, you know, don't want to share it. What was I doing the other day? I was sitting, so oh, that's right, I got on the train, and they were running late, and I was really in a hurry yesterday, because we've got the... Uh, the people in putting in all the uh, dehumidifiers to suck out as much water as possible. So we've now got three, three, and one of them is, uh, two of them are industrial strength ones. I mean, you know, like really industrial strength. And uh, mine's industrial, but it's not as industrial as these other ones. And I had to get back in time. So what happens, I managed to get the train at Waterloo. <laughs> I got the, the, uh, the Guildford train, so I was quite pleased about that. But for some reason, yesterday, it was packed solid. And then what do we do? We sit outside Clapham Junction, world's busiest radio station, radio station, railway station. <laughs> Perhaps it'd be good if they had their own radio. And uh, we were sitting there, for, and I'm thinking, oh, I'm never going to get home. I'm never going to get home. And, um, and, you know, the driver said, oh, we're waiting for a train to move out. Been there an extraordinary amount of time. You think, just move the bloody thing. Eventually, we got to Clapham Junction. But this time, Clapham Junction is heaving. So our train packs solid. And what do I get? The bloke next to me who takes up three quarters of the seat, and he's writing something down. I thought it was a bit simple, but anyway. And uh, so I managed to get off. And then I did something I haven't done ever. I pushed my way to the front of the bus queue. There was a bus coming in, and I just muscled my way in. <laughs> oh, don't care. <laughs> Never done it before. I'm normally the one standing back going, oh, I'll get the next bus, I can't be bothered. But on this particular occasion yesterday, I muscled my way in. <laughs> get out of the way. <laughs> all these people. You can, I've discovered you can spot all people from all different countries now by the clothing that they're wearing. Clothing is very telling. You could probably look at British people and go, yeah, you look as though you'd be wearing something like that. There was a woman yesterday wearing tight, and I mean tight, white jeans. Immediately, I thought Polish. Immediately. And she had a pink, fluffy jacket on. It was the most inappropriate outfit for this time of year. Summer, I could understand it. It was a, it was a summer out and little pixie boots. I feel, I feel like I need to find where these shops are because I quite like the jacket. I thought the jacket was amazing. But uh, you can stand there in the morning and then you get all the... Uh, uh, at uh, Waterloo Station, it's full of workers clutching their sort of theodolites and stuff like that and um, everything else. And it's all, all on the trains. It's absolutely packed solid on the trains at the moment, which is brilliant. Uh, charities will be hit if Hammond axes copper coins. And um, what was the other one? Oh, yes, uh, Mel B goes out with her daughter. They make quite a little pair, actually. Don't know what the daughter's wearing, but it's not very much. But there again, the mother didn't wear very much in the little video she made, did she, really? Something about Mel B that's, you know, 
not 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 my favourite person. Uh, so the cheeky Nando's. Somebody used to tell me once that Nando's used to do a celebrity card, and I'll tell you about it because it's only because the the, the sort of uh, the sort of roundabout bit. And I know a couple of people in this building who have them. Now somebody told me this morning they don't think they're in operation anymore. And this is this was the infamous, the famed Nando's black card. This card arrives in a box. And uh, what it does, it gives you free food in Nando's for up to six people. You and six, I think you and five people, so it's six in total. And it's all free. And it's given to certain people. And I remember thinking, because I, I know somebody who's got one. And then I spoke to somebody this morning. They said, oh, I don't think they operate those cards anymore. They operated them for years. To be honest with you, you obviously don't need to do it. Because, you know, six people taking up a table if they're not paying is not much use to anybody. And uh, the one very near me is, is only a small Nando's. But uh, I was always intrigued as to why I never had a black Nando's card with my name. And it comes with your name engraved on it. It's in a box and all. It's all very posh. But then somebody told me this morning, and I think she might know. I don't think. Oh, no, it wasn't. It was Toby, wasn't it? Who said he didn't think that they operated anymore. I was very disappointed. I wanted one. Just to say I've got one. I remember I used to have years ago a Stringfellow's celebrity card. A Stringfellow's celebrity card. <laughs> Which got me in for free. But I got him to free any time in uh, You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. I wonder what stories will come out, you know, now that Stephen Hawking's died. I wonder, you know, what people will be saying about him, what he was like as a lecturer. Because he made most of his money, I'm assuming, in America. America seems to be the place that embraces that. Whether he did... He must have done stuff here as well. But I wonder what stories will be coming out in the... In, in the press. That will be an interesting one. Uh, Also, my friend Ian, he says, uh, I used to have a Stringfellow's gold card, too. Uh, mine was purple. Purple celebrity card, which I thought was very good, actually. And uh, Wish It uh, bought some drinks. He says, Jack and Coke costs a fortune. Jack and Coke. <laughs> uh, oh, Jamie Oliver's up this morning. Thank goodness. And uh, he says, uh, glad you're sounding better. God, I was rubbish. I was seriously rubbish. Seriously, seriously rubbish. I was only thinking about Jamie Oliver the other day. I, don't, I was watching another one of these pro- where he was making some food, and I'm thinking. I looked in my fridge, and I had a very disappointing selection of food in there, and it was all it was all the wrong rubbish. And and I remember thinking, where's Jamie Oliver when you need him? You know, or Phil, I could get people round, and they could sort of they could cook for me or something like that. And then I thought, no, you can't say that to somebody. <laughs> it just wouldn't work with it. It just wouldn't work. But I just fancy the idea of somebody cooking for you because I don't think I'd I'd actually go out. I think I'd end up staying indoors all the time. If somebody, if somebody who cooked properly and knew how to throw food together, healthy or otherwise, I mean, I'll eat, I'll, to be honest with you, I'll eat most things. The only thing I'm not good at is fish, but I've said that before. I don't, I, I'm not really a fishy sort of person. Funnily enough, I'll do, I can do fish fingers uh, and I can do scampi, which makes me, makes me a bit feeble, doesn't it, really? But uh, I, I'm not good with other fish. I think because years and years ago, I, um, I, um, I caught a bone in a piece of fish and I choked on it and, and I didn't, I didn't like it. Anyway, Jamie says, glad you're sounding better. Look after yourself, mate. Tune in. Guys, always a great start to the day, Steve. I'm in Italy cooking and learning new slow cooked dishes, but I still like my at Steve Allen show fix. <laughs> Love you to pieces. Thank you so much. Oh, you have not how lovely to be in Italy. How lovely. I hope it's not too hot. I hope it's not too hot. Uh, so, uh, Matt says, rest in peace, Stephen Hawking. Planet Earth just got a little dumber. I wish I knew what he talked about half the time. I seriously do. I seriously do. In between, you know, I mean, lots of people are, are tweeting about him. 
He gets uh, 14,500 likes. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because I don't know anything about him, apart from that. I'm sure he married twice. I'm sure he married twice. That's all I, that's all I can tell you about him. Uh, and he's got three children. Uh, I don't know anything about the latest wife. I don't know how... If he had motor neurons, I should imagine they must have had help at home to get him in and out of his, uh, in, in and out of his uh, chair. So let's have a quick look. So spouses, Jane, who he married in 65, divorced in 95. Elaine, uh, who he married in 95, divorced 2000. And so, oh, right, so he's not married at the moment. It's going to settle, please, the children, if he's worth about 20 million. I know it comes down to being mercenary, but that's what people think of in this day and age. So he's got three children. Uh, uh, he's got loads of awards. Loads of awards. I mean, just like loads of awards, which I always think is very clever, actually, to get. Uh, also, scientific uh, fields. Uh, he did quantum gravity. That's indeed we all did, didn't we? I mean, I, I was constantly discussing that over a small chinzano and lemonade. Quantum gravity. <laughs> also, uh, he did the uh, Perimeter Institute for Theoretical Physics. Again, something that I, I tried to get into, but frankly, radio beckoned and it was a darn sight easier to make a living in. As opposed to all the stuff that he did. But uh, he was, you know, he was interesting, I think, to say the least. It's just I didn't know what he was talking about. It was over my head. I'm not supposed to be the brightest person. I'm a radio presenter. We're not supposed to know things like that. We're only supposed to know the price of a kebab and how many DVDs Jamie Oliver's had out and books and things like that. Can he throw me together something very simple? I'm trying to get into pasta, but it's so boring. I told him that at Christmas when he came in for the print. still available to download. And uh, I was, I was just, I can't get into pasta. The only pasta I liked, because they did it in a Marks and Spencer's meal, was bow tie pasta. Have you seen that one? That's quite nice. And it came with some mushrooms and like a, a sauce thing. And I could cope with that. It's not very exciting, is it, really? I just don't, I don't know why I don't cook. It's a bit funny. Some people obviously love to eat. If I had a big, big kitchen with a big farmhouse kitchen, remember Nellie Boswell, Jean Boat, married to uh, lovely Carl Davis. And they used to live down... Uh, at Castle now, just over Hammersmith Way. And they had a big house on the corner, big, big house. It's been pulled down now, I think. They've sort of put flats up there. But anyway, she had the biggest kitchen table I'd ever seen. I remember thinking, that's what my mother would have called a proper kitchen table. You know, you could do your baking on it. You could throw flour all over it. I watched this woman on the one of the cooking channels, and I think she's called the Countess or Contessa, and she's... Uh, Irma, her name is, or somebody, whatever it is, she makes this, this lovely-looking food, and she's got a beautiful house. I mean, it's gorgeous. And she cooks for her sort of slightly camp male friends. And they all go round there, and she'll do sort of a rhubarb fool, or she'll do... Anyway, and then there's another woman who lives in the middle of nowhere with her husband, who's obviously a rancher, and they've got cattle, and they've got kids. They seem to have, like, six kids. And she cooks a storm. I mean, she cooks a storm, and so I should imagine, probably in Jamie's house as well, they'd be cooking up a storm. You know, some nights he just wants to flop down and say, I just want to sleep now. But now he's over in Italy at the moment, making a new programme. You'll have to wait to see the results of, uh, of that. I have to tell you, though, and I, I can only tell you this because when he came in, because, you know, when you watch people on, on the television, and I interviewed Jamie years and years ago when he was at uh, River Cafe, uh, again, quite near Jean Boat's house, and, uh, and he came in, and he'd had a fantastic review written by Victor Lewis Smith. I mean, a fantastic... They raved over him. They absolutely adored him. And he was young. And he came in, and I remember thinking, God, if, if you play this right, it's, you know, it's, it's going to work beautifully. And, of course, he played it right. 
and uh, and it worked beautifully. Occasionally, and you know what the high street is like at the moment, the high street's going through an up and down, up and down, up and down. I don't know what the secret is. If there was a magic wand you could wave to make everybody's businesses work fantastically, you know, you wouldn't see the uh, some of the messes that we're in at the moment in the high street. Because I don't know what the, what the public want. We seem to watch cookery programmes. We seem to like watching them. But at the same time, as we're being taught how to cook on the television, and me, it goes in one ear and comes out the other because there's nothing to hold it in the middle. You know, would that be that we then go, and it's not bother going out for, for dinner tonight? Whereas I like, and as he's over in Italy, they go out for dinner. You know, families cook. They go out for dinner. That's why, you know, everybody goes out much later in Italy. Over here, we're all in bed by half past nine, ten o'clock. If I'm out after ten o'clock, I think I'm having a dirty stop out. So I never do the uh, the, <laughs> the dirty stop outs anyway. I'm way too old for that. I got invited the other day to the House of Commons to go for uh, for an event that uh, should have taken place a short while ago. And they said, would you like to come to it? And I looked at the time. And immediately I looked at the time. That was it, completely out. Between 6 and 6.30 for the first reception. Well, I'm, I'm in bed at 6. Actually, yesterday I was in bed at 4.30. I was so tired. I thought, I just want to climb into bed. And I, I'd made, <laughs> made myself a hot water bottle. I know. How bad is that? I thought there's no point putting the heating on. I'll just have a hot water bottle. That was, took, took the chill off and uh, kept my nice uh, feet warm, which was good news. 84850, uk. Totally with you regarding benches, says Kim. I absolutely love to go out for a walk, but when the old asthma's playing up, a wee seat on a bench is most welcome. Long live benches. I've, do you know, I've, I love it. I love it. I love sitting down. There's never enough benches as far as I'm concerned. I've got benches all over the place. And I do like flopping down. It's even here. I like sitting down. I'm not one of these, you know, somebody, if you're younger, perhaps you stand up all the time. But I got to that age where I want to sit down. There's a, a sad story, sad, sad story. The daughter of a Telford child sex victim has told how she wants her father to stay in jail until he apologises for abusing and murdering her mother. Um, as far as I'm concerned, he can stay there and rot in hell and die in there. Still, he sells sorry. No, not not my idea. That's like any that, for God's sake, don't upset Putin at the moment. They're dropping like flies. We still don't know what's uh, what's going to be happening with that one. We waited until the deadline passed, and you know the world is still turning on its axis. We're all still breathing. Well, at the moment, we're still breathing. Uh, coming up, the news at five o'clock this morning with Steve Allen's early breakfast on LBC. Professor Stephen Hawking has died at the age of seventy-six. He was only predicted to live for two years back in nineteen sixty-three because of his motor neurons, and uh, he went for the extra 50 years. I mean, unbelievable. Perhaps he, perhaps he knew a secret to longevity that we didn't know of. Uh, the Star Wars crucifix, plainly offensive. I'll tell you about that one in a, a moment. The hate letters sent to four Muslim MPs. They'll find you, they'll find you, they'll drag you into court. You'll be screaming like a little girl's blouse. And Easter flights, up. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. Welcome to Wednesday, the 14th of March. Freezing cold in London. Freezing cold. Probably cold where you are in the country as well this morning. Because they've said that the temperature's going to drop. Please, no more freezing pipes. I've had more than enough of burst pipes, thank you, to last me a lifetime. It was like an, an avalanche. I was explaining to somebody the other day. I said, what was it like when the pipes burst? I said, well, thankfully I wasn't there. But uh, it was basically like sort of Niagara Falls. Terrible. And apparently from Saturday... Really cold. Typical, isn't it? 
to happy birthday for Saturday. It's going to get really cold. Woo, a bit exciting. And of course, it's uh, it's rugby in Twickenham. Apparently, some little team called Ireland apparently are playing somebody. I don't know who they're playing. I can't remember who it is. But there'll be there'll be loads of people going. I mean, cold. But if you keep drinking enough Guinness, you won't notice it. Uh, another one here says Stephen Hawking was an amazing person who, unlike most intellectuals, never took himself too seriously. Well, he was probably fascinated by the voice. Would you not be? I mean, after a while, because that wasn't his voice. That was just one that he picked. He was given, you know, various options, and he went he went for that one. But uh, he's also popped up in films. He was also in Little Britain, was he? In Little Britain. Good Lord. I mean, that takes some going, doesn't it? I suppose, basically, he would have sold himself down the river. He'd pop up in anything. It was fairly good, wasn't it? If you watch The Theory of Everything, you'll understand the battle you had to overcome, says Debbie. Oh, I know all about motor neuron. You can't tell me about motor neurons. Thank you very much indeed. I know everything about motor neurons. Uh, and then Sue says, uh, maybe give a thought to the thousands of lives pigeons saved in the wars before you think of shooting them. Different pigeons, Sue. Different pigeons, dear. They, they were homing pigeons. The, the, the feral, disgusting ones that we've got at the moment who go back and nest and crap all over everything. No, no, no. They deserve to die under the wheels of a motor vehicle or buses. They never do, though. You never do see that. And they say, lots of our brave servicemen had their lives saved by pigeons. Don't talk crap, honestly. Why do you talk such rubbish? <laughs> That's really not normal. She says, you know, worth a thought for pigeon haters. Well, you're probably one of these balmy people who goes around dropping food for them, aren't you, really? Whereas, in fact, both me and the producer have seen, uh, seen pigeons firsthand. They'll eat just about everything. They are human dustbins, or flying rats, as we prefer to call them. But, uh, no, you can't equate them to the ones in the war, Popsikins. You really can't. They're completely different. You do get some people, don't you? You are one of these people who drops birdseed everywhere, I can tell. You're one of those mad ones. Uh, Putin's enemy strangled in London flat, now they're saying. So uh, we haven't used any any sort of chemicals. Or any... I'm seriously, I mean, I don't know what's going on here. And uh, this, uh, the spy crisis escalates. It's all taking place on our doorstep. It's all taking place on our doorstep. So this, uh, the body found... Eight days after the spook poison hit, Russia makes chilling nuclear warning to Britain. Oh, my God, fathers. This is after Theresa May, who, to be honest with you, you do sometimes wonder, you know, engage brain before opening mouth. Well, we'll bring in sanctions. What sanctions? What sanctions? Tell us what they are. Even Boris Johnson couldn't tell us anything the other day. We just went round and round, you know, in a little fairy ring, going, well, what are we going to do? We're going to stop all flights. No more, you know, flights to Moscow. No more flights in. No more flights out. We'll close the embassy down. We'll all come back here and we'll kick all the Russians out that are in this country. I mean, what's, what's going on? You know, we seem to have all sorts of people. This one was on a wanted list who was strangled in a London flat. You'd like to sort of find out, wouldn't you? There's two people lying in a hospital at the moment. We don't know if they're going to live or die. And, uh, and she's making threats against Putin. Very unwise. Very unwise. I mean, these, these laboratories, which they set up to come up with this nerve gas and all sorts of things, they're, they're fully operational. Fully operation. And there's all... I mean, there's one here, this Nikolai uh, Glushkov, who died with, with neck wounds. I mean, quite clearly, there are... And there must be, mustn't there, Kremlin assassins who live in this country. They must be there. Unless they do, I mean, they don't just fly in, do they? Sort of carry out an execution and then go away again. We don't quite know why this one was, was killed. I mean, was he, uh, was he somebody who was anti-Putin? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm really as, as confused by everybody else. Tillerson axed hours after it was Kremlin poison claim. <clears throat> and they've got, you know, loads of army members down there, people wandering around, in, looking like something out of the Quatermass experiment. It seriously is, you know, whereas in fact, I should imagine the people who perpetrated the crime, weren't they looking for a woman 
with a big red bag or something. And you think, well, yeah. And Pixie, Tixie, Wixie, La La, Poo, Po, anybody, who cares? Uh, 84850, uh, Sharon says, I've upgraded from hot water bottle to electric blanket. Oh, I've had an electric blanket. Oh, God, we had those when I was 50 years ago. Electric blankets. Oh, no, I don't like... Hot water bottle is far more nice. Half really is nice. And um, another one... Uh, there's one here who says, Steve, I bought the book A Brief History of Time. It's the most unread book on people's shelves. I thought I'd get round to it. Then years later, he announces he was wrong. Still on the shelf, unread, mocking me. That's why I quite liked what he said at the Paralympics, but it had nothing to do with what he did as a physicist. That's why I didn't understand. He was just basically saying that, you know, we have to applaud these people because they're pushing themselves to the ultimate limit, which is what I thought they were doing. I thought that's the whole idea of entering into stuff like that. And uh, somebody else talking about benches, you know, saying I I quite like it, but I don't think there's enough of them. We are are an ageing population, aren't we? But uh, we, we just don't have enough benches. Uh, the Trolls' death threats to the uh, Jamie Carricker spitting. And here's the picture of the man, Andy, with his daughter. And he says people have targeted him with death threats. They're stupid people, Andy. They're very thick. They're very dumb. They're very, very stupid. <coughs> Excuse me. You never take them seriously. You just have to sort of put up with the fact there are thick people out there, you know. Uh, he shot the footage. He's pleaded with the broadcaster not to axe him. This is at, at Sky. Revealed he suffered attacks on social media after his name was published online yesterday. Yes, you'll get it. Your daughter will get it. Your family will get it. Her school will... Everybody. That's how these people work. You, you, you can't do anything about it because they're, they hide. They hide behind their little sort of internet addresses and they just write stupid things because they're thick. And they've also got illnesses, most of them. He comes from North Wales. He says, we've been feeling under siege. It's been really worrying. But that's the trouble when you do something like that. It's now brought you to the attention of the public and the thick people out there who send this kind of stuff will sort of do it, won't they? You know, equal rights for hedgehogs and kind of, you know, people who will sort of complain about something. So I, I complain about filthy, dirty pigeons, flying rats, diseases and everything else. And that's why they stopped having to feed them in Trafalgar Square. But you still get the balmy ones who go out there and feed them. You know, and then you get all these sort of the bird lovers. Oh, you mustn't hurt the little birds kind of thing, you think. And so somebody will actually send death threats to a family who take uh, a picture. I don't think they were expecting Jamie Garriger to spit. I don't think anybody was expecting him to spit, you know, whether it was at his daughter or whether it wasn't at his daughter. But, you know, that's the kind of thing. In this day and age, you would know. What did you think you were going to get? Plaudits from people going, well done you for exposing him. You didn't, you didn't have to expose him as anything. He just went, 2-1, Jamie, 2-1. Because he was a Man United fan. You remember the story... Oh, I can't be bothered to do it again. But you know what I mean. Yeah, it's because it was Liverpool and Man United, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, and they won, and so that's why Jamie... Why he spat, I don't know. That's the bit I can't get my head around. Why you'd ever want to do one. Uh, a lot of people hit by a data leak at Tesco Bank. 17,000 customers. Didn't even know there was a Tesco Bank, but uh, you live and learn. And um, childhood sweethearts will today... Become the first couple in the history of the Cheltenham Festival to race against each other. I'm a bit bored with horse racing. I'm not bored with the with the actual sort of the, the sort of spectacle of it. I'm just bored with the pictures that they print in the papers. I mean, there's some right rough-looking people, you know, people from the wrong side of the tracks who turn up for racing. It's just, you know, they sort of go there and you think, oh god. I see them whenever they have Ascot. You want to go to Waterloo Station? There's people with faces tattooed, wearing a suit, and you just think, ooh. Not normal. Uh, Alison Phillips 
talks about the DB diet made Scarlett a loser. This is Scarlett Moffat. This is the uh, the weight loss DVD. It was pretty much one big fat lie because she didn't use this DVD to lose weight. She went to a boot camp in Switzerland. Very nice. I've never been to Switzerland, but I saw a programme on houses the other day and I thought it was very, very good on it. And uh, she says here, rather than shed three stone four pounds with salad and sit up, she was actually starving herself and exercising for up to six hours a day. So it was fake. It's a one big fat lie. And she does say here, if Scarlett has any sense, she'll admit her mistake and hand back that stinking £100,000 from her diet deal. Because they said you've got to keep the weight off for a year. That's how they make their money. Because it's no good just doing a quick hit on the DVD. Now people will be avoiding it like the plague. Who's going to touch it? Because it's not real. She didn't use that DVD or anything on it to lose the weight. She went on an intensive thing. You know, it's basically like being locked in a room and they say, right, for two weeks you're not going to eat anything at all, and then eventually you end up looking like that. Now, of course, because she's not that size, she started piling back, but she's done it for the filthy money. That's what she's done it for. You know, you don't do these things to help people out who are fat. Believe you me, you don't. You're doing it to try and make some money. And uh, and it's cheating. It's like me sort of losing weight and saying, as I said before, it's just a cup of tea in the morning, cup of tea in the evening, and a special chocolate biscuit. People go, what's a chocolate biscuit? What's a chocolate biscuit? You go, I can't tell you. I can't tell you what it is. It's secret. But if you pay me 20 quid, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. Uh, 84850. Uh, John says, Nick Abbott says he feeds the birds around his house because he feels... So, yeah, because he lives in a bird thing, doesn't he? In the, in the garden. That's what he lives in. I don't believe he feeds... You don't believe everything Nick Abbott tells you, do you? Please tell me you don't believe everything that he tells you. Uh, apparently Stephen Hawking says Philip appeared in an episode of Star Trek, The Next Generation, playing poker with Isaac Newton. Uh, then he was in a few episodes of The Big Bang Theory, an American comedy show. I've seen The Big Bang Theory. I quite like it, but I'm getting increasingly annoyed with the bloke who's the lead in it, because he's just a bit too clever. It's, it's too clever, and it's, it's so successful, the pro- programme. I love it. I love it. But anyway, so um, also a very scrappy Mother's Day. Women in a mass brawl after a male strip show. Have you ever been? Just a matter of interest, gentlemen. Have you ever, if you're not working it as a drag queen or, uh, or a male stripper, have you ever been to a hen night where they sort of have a load of women sitting in a hall and, uh, and, uh, and then they have strippers who come on? Have you ever seen it? It's dangerous. It's seriously dangerous. It's bad enough going to a Chippendales thing where they're sort of, you know, practically chained into their seats. You have to do that to stop them running the stage. I've been in a couple of situations many, many years ago. Don't ask how. I used to drive a male stripper called Billy Ribbon, to these places. And it was it was quite frightening. You'd have to hide in the building because if they saw you in there and you were a bloke, they thought you were another stripper. And believe you me, if you've seen me, there's no chance I'm ever going to be another stripper. And uh, it was it was quite... And this, this is one that got completely out of hand. There was a mass brawl. And you've got strippers who are doing all sorts of things to sort of women who paid 20 quid or something and had, had one or two drinks too many, which is not so good. Uh, Pussive smoking... Do not light up around pets. So, in other words, if, if you've got pussycats or dogs or things like that, do not smoke around them, because it means that they start inhaling the smoke and they become passive smokers. Little picture of... Uh, who is it? This is Mel B at a bash in California with the Phoenix Chi wearing not very much. I mean, really, if you turn up looking like that, dear, it's slightly disturbing, but uh, I'm sure your mother seems to know best. And I don't know how old her daughter is. 19, revealing a silver dress similar to her Spice Girl thing. It just looks a bit... I'm surprised she can afford to dress at all. I mean, I had to cough up all that money 
to the ex-husband to uh, try and gain control of things. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. <laughs> Uh, Dolan says pigeons, they're not that clever. They go round for ages, nodding their heads, throwing fag ends over their shoulders before they realise it ain't food. They'll eat anything. And ask the producer, he'll tell you exactly. We've seen them eating everything. I mean everything outside there. No, flying, flying rats, they have to go. They have to go, they have to be destroyed. They cost a fortune on London buildings. You know, erosive, you know, poo all over the place. It destroys buildings, destroys paintwork on cars. Terrible. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. 5.20, all right, this morning? Good, good, good. Cold, getting colder. By the time we get to Saturday, blooming freezing. So Jamie Oliver's over in Italy. Stephen Hawking has uh, passed on at the age of 76, considering he was given two years back in the 60s. I mean, that would have to be the miracle of all miracles. Really, really would be. But uh, we'll wait and see, shall we? Uh, somebody says uh, here... Uh, oh, you a lot of people telling me about um, Stephen Hawking popping up in all sorts of programmes. They obviously enjoyed doing it. They obviously enjoyed doing it. And, uh, and Jane says, love you a lot, Steve. It's my, it's my weekly day off work, so I can listen to you to 7am. Yeah. It's good, isn't it? The longer, the better, as far as I'm concerned. Somebody says, uh, I'm, for me, I'm surprised at you. The pigeons are your downfall. What, they're going to rise up or something? <gasps> Ooh, scary. Ooh, don't frighten me like that. I can't be frightened by things like that. Phil Vickery's up a little bit later than usual this morning, but it doesn't matter. Do you know what I had the other day? Shouldn't have had it. Crumpets. Two crumpets with peanut butter on. Two crumpets. With, I mean, honestly, am I mad or am I mad? I'm not supposed to have things like that, but I did have it, and it was actually very, very nice. Uh, the Star Wars story, if you're, if you're deeply offended, you're going to be deeply offended by this one. Uh, Organisers insist... It represents the fight against the dark side for something good. This is a crucified Star Wars stormtrooper displayed at an historic Anglican church has been branded plainly offensive. The life-size statue created by an artist called Ryan Callanan was due to be unveiled today at the Stations of the Cross exhibition inside Sir Stephen Woolbrook Church in the city. Um in the city. It doesn't say. Anyway, members of the congregation complained to the Reverend Jonathan Evans, who held a meeting to decide whether to tear down the installation. As a compromise, it was moved from a prominent place at the front of the church to the back of the hall. After the exhibition, it'll go on sale for £12,000. Wow. At uh, a St Stephen's Walbrook churchgo, who said, please don't name me, said, why use our church? It's plainly offensive to Christians. Well, tell us who, what your name is. A woman named Elizabeth, 72, said, I didn't feel the Star Wars character was entirely appropriate. Mr Evans says the art was designed to provoke, but added, it can open our minds to new reflections on the eternal significance of Christ's sacrifice. People are just so offended, aren't they? And it's always the people who sort of, you would think, wouldn't be offended. They just go, oh, listen, it's a storm in a, in a, in a teacup. It's nothing at all. But no, 72 years old now, they're well, I don't think it's very appropriate, is it, really? Remember I told you years ago I did a programme on Christmas Day and I got this woman on the phone. Years and years ago this was, and she was offended. Why? Because people who only went to church at Christmas, she didn't like them, because she went all year round and she had her pew, and when she got there, it was full up with people she didn't know. And so she had to sit at the back and she was furious, furious. She said, these people aren't regular churchgoers. I thought, well, you don't have to go to church to be religious. But it's quite possible and feasible to not go to church to be very, very religious. 
you know, difficult if you're the Pope, I imagine, or you're a vicar or somebody. They had one on the uh, on Pointless the other day, a vicar, a trainee vicar. It used to be one who popped up on everything. You know why? Because the uh, people who book people for game shows used to love the idea that it was a vicar. I think he was the vicar out at Heathrow Airport. And he'd been on so many game shows, he'd been on everything. And he'd made money and won prizes and stuff like that. And I Because we, we still have a bit of a sort of thing about vicars, don't we? Don't we? No, that's me again. Uh, poison was smeared on car door handle. Fury grows over Craven Corbin. He sort of he sort of adapts, doesn't he, Mr Corbin? I mean, to be honest with you, I wouldn't give you threepence for any politicians nowadays. There's not one of them, I believe, uh, or, or would trust with, with anything at all. Uh, crack, sorry, cash in hand payments, crackdown. You know, you know, people say, oh, listen, I'll, I'll come and do your boiler. Uh, it's 2,200 quid. Do it for 1,500 if you do cash. Because they don't put it through the books. And uh, the government are going to clamp down on that. How are they going to clamp down on that? How on earth is that going to be clamped down on? The idea is I can't see it. Also, the cash haul of the gang trafficking migrants to the UK for 18,000 each. You have to learn certain questions. Where are you from? How old are you? Can you speak English? They were coached on the... Uh, on the way over, so that they would know what to say. And uh, what was the other one as well? Harry and Meghan, the US TV movie. I've got to see this programme on the television, Lampoon's The Royal Family. Not because I want to lampoon the Royal Family, I just think, you know, sometimes it's, uh, it's, a, little bit, uh, it's a little bit fun to do things like that. Uh, another one here. Did you see about the puppy that died when a, a United flight attendant forced the owner to stow it in an overhead bin? Have you heard? I mean... Uh, <laughs> I know. I can't believe it either. It was like that poor bloke, the Sikh, who went into the bar in Nottingham. And uh, they asked him to remove his turban. And he went, it's religious. And they were that thick in there that they didn't know. Anyway, the doorman has been reprimanded. They, they said, oh, we did allow him in afterwards. Yeah, having humiliated him. Having humiliated him. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, brainwashed ISIS kids could be taken into care. Good idea. Uh, animals born in captivity, half as likely to reproduce. And uh, hate letters sent to four Muslim MPs. Uh, why being in a couple makes you fat? I suppose because you become complacent. You just, although to be honest with you, going back to Jamie Oliver and uh, and, and his uh, family and Jules, they're, they're, they're in a relationship. They are a couple. They have a big family. doesn't make him fat. In fact, he was considering the business. Mind you, Phil, uh, Phil, Phil Vickery is not very... Large either. He's another one of these people. Sometimes you do get them. There's a guy called Brian Turner, I think, on the television. He actually put on a load of weight. Some people are prone to doing it. Other people can eat things. And I suppose if you eat sort of healthily most of the time. What was I watching the other day on television? I was watching some cookery programme. Oh, it was children in America. It was one of these cookery programmes where they have children competing against each other. And some of these kids were really good. I was really impressed, actually. Very, very impressed. Steve... Uh, box up all the feathered, lice-ridden, disease-spreading, defecating pigeons and deliver them to the bird lady, Sue. The 4am Spikers Club is here to help. <laughs> I like that, actually. Uh, 84850, uk. She's a bit mad, actually, this Sue. She keeps sort of coming back, so I think we have to put her out of her misery. You know what we do when we do that? That means that they can't write again, because they're mad. We can't do anything about mad people. And another one says, uh, how's the diet going for the Vegas trip? Actually, strangely enough, somebody in this building said to me earlier on, she saw me this morning, and she went, gosh, you've lost weight. And I thought, if you've been ill, 
you know, and you've sort of coughed and you've drunk loads of water and stuff like that. Sometimes you do... Uh, I was supposed to have gone down to my brother's yesterday. I didn't have the strength to do it because we were dealing with, you know, loss adjusters and all sorts of other people. But I should have gone down to my brother, who's now riddled with gout. I mean, he's got it really badly. And I've sent him the cherry active. He's got the tablets. He's got the cherry juice. He's got everything. He's on painkillers. It's really... But if you get bad gout, and I don't know where it comes from. Is it your diet? What is it? Because he's got it really badly at the moment. So I was going to go down yesterday. Today he's got to go to the dentist, so I can't do it today. Uh, then we're into Friday. What's tomorrow? Thursday, yeah. And then we're into... Perhaps I could do it tomorrow. I can't remember if I've got to do anything. If I haven't got to do anything tomorrow, I can nip down tomorrow. And then uh, Friday I'm out for, for breakfast or something. And, uh, and then Saturday I'm down uh, with a friend of mine because apparently it's a birthday. And uh, you have to do something. It's no good coming up with excuses going, I can't do anything. I should have seen my godchildren, but because of the way things have worked out, I'll have to go and see them next week. Honestly, I sometimes realise that there are not enough hours in the week or the day or the month or the year to try and get all the things in. Because it seems ages, you know, and you go down there. And of course, because my, my godchildren have grown up now, they're all off doing things. They go off doing things, you know, sometimes dad's there, sometimes he's not there. And then sometimes one of the kids is there or two of the kids aren't there. And it's just because they're all off doing things. You can't just sort of hold it all back, can you? So, uh, so the diet going, um, going well. Well, I think so, actually. I think so. Where did Stephen Hawking live in the UK? He lived where? He lived in Cambridge, yeah. He was at the university there, so uh, be appropriate, you know, for him to be there. Uh, Brian in Q, he says, I'm getting up just now to head to the gym at Chiswick Park. That's where QVC is, isn't it, really? QVC is at, uh, <laughs> at, uh, at Q Park. I've never been. I watch it, you know, as I watch all these sort of programmes because I'm fascinated by it. The, my my favourite ones are the balmy people who seem to work on some of those jewellery selling channels where they, where they convince you that, you know... I mean, there's one woman there. She used to be with Bruce Forsyth. I wouldn't trust her as far as I could throw her, seriously. But I bet she shifts a gallon of it. A gallon of this of this stuff. It's cheap, cheerful, whatever it is. And uh, and she'll say she they come up with all these things, the facets and this. And you just look at it, you think it's tat, it's tat. And then she goes, collectors are coming in, and she, she she's famous for reading off a list of names, which presumably is on a screen next to her, so she can remember it. And um, they've recently given her a makeover. It's not helped. Some of them are really dreadful makeovers at all. I don't know where they were employed before, but it was obviously high high pressure selling in markets or something. And they, and they sell all this stuff, and I'm fascinated by it. I, I try and guess the price before they actually come out and she'll go, you need to pre-order now. You get, get so Mary, you know, Phil, Chris, Estelle, blah, blah. They come up with all these names, you know, collectors in London and collectors in Manchester. And you think, they're not collectors, not for this tap, they're not. Collectors are people who go to auctions. Not, you know, nine ninety nine is hardly for collectors, is it? That's the kind of stuff, if you, if you lose it, it's a bonus. Like people sort of say, I remember somebody years ago wrote in, we used to do an electrical advice programme, and somebody said, I've got a Binatone radio. And we went, oh yes. He said, on the front of it, he said, it's got a little picture of, um, of a graph. He said, can you tell me what that does? And we went, it doesn't do anything. He said, oh, no, it's, it's on the front of the radio, on the Binatone radio. And we went, no, it's, it's just decoration. Oh, I, th- I thought it did something. Like what? What did you think it did? People are very odd nowadays. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Why is it? Why is it nowadays? Whenever I read a story in the newspapers and it's about somebody dying uh, from a drugs overdose because they've been out to a club and their boyfriend, in this particular case, uh, gets an ecstasy tablet. He buys an ecstasy tablet in a club and he gives it to his girlfriend. 
who dies as a result of taking it. They've just jailed him. And you think to yourself, what is it that sort of makes taking a drug you know nothing about so interesting to people? I can't... As if you were standing in a nightclub and somebody comes over and goes, listen, do you want to take that tablet? You go, what is it? And you go, it's ecstasy. And so people go, OK, I'll take it. And they put it in their mouth and you think, why would you do that? You don't know how these things are made. You don't know where they're made. You don't know who's going to have an allergic reaction to them. They go, well, other people in here are on them. And you go, yeah, but this person was completely different. And so this, this particular girl suffered a fatal reaction. She took it during a rave, which was called Don't Let Daddy Know. Her boyfriend bought three tablets for 30 quid from a drug dealer. And uh, she died. She suffered, you know, a, a desperately tragic overreaction to it. But it can happen to anybody. Don't think... Because these things are made in their thousands that, you know, not everybody will will suffer. Anyway, her boyfriend's been jailed uh, for eight months, I think. And the, the drug dealer jailed for two years and four months. But the trouble, I just don't understand. You see, because he actually took one as well. Do you mean to say you cannot enjoy yourself in a club without taking a drug and you pay 30 quid? Imagine. What a terrible waste of money. What a terrible waste of life. And I don't know how much more advice we can offer to young people nowadays. Do not take drugs. But it goes in one ear and comes out the other. It really, really doesn't help. So now you've got sort of one family torn apart because they've lost their daughter and another family torn apart because their son bought drugs from a drug dealer. I just don't understand it. I really don't. Uh, and here is a, a rare piece of pottery. Very nice indeed, this is. Well, I say very nice. I'm not really into pottery. But this is made by the late... Hans Koper, a celebrated German-born British artist and bought by an unnamed man in the 1970s. When he died five years ago, his widow put this arrowhead-style vase in a cupboard because she wasn't fond of it. And to be honest with you, it's not, it's not really that exciting. They paid £250 for it, which, you know, seems, seems like quite a lot for a piece of pottery if you don't like it. However, uh, she took it to a valuation day at an auction house, like you do. People turn up. And they valued it at £6,000. Now, that would be the end of the story, wouldn't it? Not on this programme. Absolutely not, no. It goes up for auction. And if there's two people that want it, up goes the price. So 6000 was the estimate. Bought for 250 and it sold for £381,000. <laughs> she must have been delighted. Absolutely delighted. Because the collectors had a cache of egos... And so uh, up, it's a record for this particular sculptor. 381,000. Well, that, that changed your day, doesn't it? So how did you do? Well, he spent 250 quid. It's a shame we can't sort of contact him and say, by the way, you'd be delighted to know that that piece of rubbish pottery that you bought uh, has raised 381,000 pounds. <laughs> I like the idea that um, a rail firm has been encountering a traveller. He's sick to death of delays. Sick to death of delays. So he sued them. And... Um, and he's been offered 350 quid. Because remember that, that card that they launched the other day? This is for younger people. I say younger people. Obviously, people look a good deal younger than ourselves. And it gets you a discount. Anyway, that all crashed after a few hours. So that, that's gone a bit pear-shaped as well. This is the uh, Millennial Rail Pass, which has now hit the buffers. Cavemen had feelings too. How they know that? How do you know that? Who have they spoken to? Apparently, despite their reputation as uh, brutish... Uh, the cavemen, the Neanderthals, survived for almost 300,000 years because they were compassionate. Well, they weren't exactly 
found many bones, have we? A study of remains showed most had injuries that needed massage, fever management and good hygiene provided out of genuine feelings for other rather than self-interest. They come up with any old toffee, don't they, nowadays? Yes, so they were really happy. They were very, very lovely people. They had feelings. Somebody came in and went, God, that picture of a bison's rubbish. And they go, oh, nice picture. No, rubbish doesn't look like a bison at all. Really doesn't. Like, like. I've never travelled Ryanair either. I mean, I know all about it. I know Michael Leary. And I'm intrigued that if there's three of you, you can't get a seat together. On Ryanair. Now you can pay, apparently, a bit extra. There's always paying, isn't there, on, on Ryanair or different airlines. So if you pay for something, then you can get it. But here, the chance of a family of three getting seats together on Ryanair is one in 17,578. It's like the, the lottery odds. No wonder so many people pay the new £4 a seat reservation fee. Amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. So you can pay... Uh, you know, four four pound a seat, and they'll they'll guarantee that you're all together. But if you don't pay, you're not sitting together. Uh, fraudsters are targeting people uh, who hold a treasurer or an accounting role in schools. Quite a few people have been conned by this way. Uh, victims are contacted by a fraudster who purports to be the head teacher or principal. Then then asked by email to make a one-off, often urgent bank transfer of around eight to £10,000. The email address is typically almost identical to that of the real head teacher. 48 reports of that type of fraud in the six months up to February, according to City of London Police. The majority of cases occurred in December and January. Kent was the worst hit, with eight cases, followed by Berkshire and Surrey with four each. A quarter of schools affected lost a total of £145,000. So be very careful if, you know, if you are a treasurer or somebody who works in a school like that and somebody's asked you to transfer £6,000 or £8,000, check that email address. It's got to be identical to the one that you normally deal with. Sometimes it'll just be an underscore, all sorts of things. So you've got to be, got to be very, very careful nowadays. Uh, best way to get rid of gout, Steve, drink five litres of water a day. It'll be gone by tomorrow, says Ian. It flushes the uric acid out of the kidneys. And uh, Robin in Bracknell, Rob, says, uh, try drinking three and a half litres of water. I shall recommend to my brother, drink water. Water, water, water. He likes this, this Cherry Active. He's been having that for a few years now. But he's got it in his feet. Not Cherry Active, the, uh, the gout. And it's now spread. So it's not good. But I'm, I'm, I'm convinced his work, think, think that he's just sort of putting it on. Like anybody who suffers with gout will be putting something like that on. It's absolute agony. Can't do anything at all. Uh, Steve, what was the last item you bought from a TV shopping channel? Uh, when was the last thing I bought from a TV shopping channel? Well, I can't remember. I bought quite a few things from TV. Glue. Glue. I buy glue. And I buy it from Hachanda. Because you get a box of glue, and I think it's about 20 quid, but it's super, 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 super glue. And you get, I think, two or three pots of it. Then you get a small syringe of it, and then you get um, something that's... I mean, I thought it was really good, so I bought four. Because you know me, I can't just buy one thing. I'm, I'm one of those sort of people. I'm a bit sort of obsessive-compulsive, a little bit anal. You can't just buy one thing, because in case I like it so much. And I bought this glue before, and I couldn't find it on Ideal World. And then I discovered Hachanda, which I think is also part of them, and they do crafting. And so I bought this glue, and it arrived. I was so excited. I haven't used any of it, but I'm just... You can use it for everything. It, literally, I've seen the advert on where they do it. This stuff is like gold dust. Brilliant. 
can't tell you what it is. I could just tell you it's this super glue and it's on her chanda. So please don't write asking me. Uh, Steve, I had a flood a few years ago due to burst water tank. Unfortunately, I was at work. By the time I got home, the damage was done. I had to move out for six months. It was horrendous. I had to have all the ceilings replaced, rewiring, bathroom, kitchen replaced and all the flooring. And like a fool, I didn't have content insurance and lost everything I have now. Lesson learnt. Yes. The amount of people who, when we had all the floods before, and you were saying that there was a, some poor guy down in Walton near me, when the, all the water from all the ice and the snow melted, it came all the way down, and places uh, near Walton-on-Thames got flooded because it's fairly low there, and the River Thames flooded in. And this poor little bloke had just moved into his place. He'd saved up for his bungalow, he bought it, and then he's now, it's halfway up his walls with mud and slush, and oh, dreadful. So anyway, he does that. Gets it all cleared out, dried out, takes forever and a day. Blow me down, he gets done again. Second time. And what did he not have? Insurance. Didn't have any insurance at all. I mean, luckily we have insurance, we have to. But uh, it's so annoying, so I know exactly uh, how you feel. Steve, on Ryanair, you have to pay to take your cabin bag on board now. Do you? Oh, actually, I'd heard about that. Very shortly, they'll just have you standing up like on a bus. You'll be hanging on to a strap. On the wing, yeah, <laughs> do some wing walking. I always fancy doing that on the crunchy aeroplane, you know. They, and then I thought to myself, no, because it'll just blow my hair backwards and I'll look ridiculous. So uh, there's no point in looking like that. Then I thought, I quite fancy wing walk, feeling that just wings sitting down. Because I'd be so worried. I've seen people in these micro light things. And I thought, I quite fancy that idea. I, I could do that. And then, and then you say, say all of a sudden the wing breaks off or a bird flies into you. What are you going to do then? I mean, I have to worry about this kind of stuff. Heavens above. I don't think I'd be very good at doing all those sort of things. Uh, so, last item I bought on the shopping channel, glue. But I've, I've bought loads of stuff. I, 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 sometimes I sit down there and I watch something on the television. I think, oh, I'll buy that. And so I quickly rush to their website. I'm trying to buy a copper pan at the moment. I can't remember what they call it now. There's a special name for it. You can't chip it. It doesn't scratch. It doesn't do anything. I thought, want one of those. Want one of those. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I spend most of the time washing up saucepans. I'm living in saucepan. I'm not like Jamie Oliver or Phil Phil Vickery. I'm sort of I'm living with one saucepan. I could do one pan cooking. I bought a Jamie Oliver uh, deep deep frying pan, which comes with a lid, and it's brilliant. You just use it for everything. Seriously, I can I can cook bacon in there, shove a tin of beans in, shove some mashed potato in, a couple of little sausages, throw it all together. It works brilliantly. One pan to wash up. Seriously, I mean, it's it's the best thing I've ever I've ever bought, and uh, I've got my set of cutlery. I've got my bits and pieces. Just I can't cook. No point in trying to pretend at my age. If you can't cook, you can't cook. That's what they invented shops for and restaurants. Much, much easier. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you. A friend of mine has just said, is coming in on the, uh, on the A4, just past a matey bubble bath lorry. Do you remember matey? No, I think you've got to be a certain age to remember it. I remember it. There used to be a song that used to go along with it because matey was kids' bubble bath. And you could use it, and you could get it in your eyes, and it wouldn't sting. You know, normally you get sort of soap in your eye, and you go, I won't see anything, I can't see anything. Your mother would say, well, just sit there, but it hurts. But with matey, it was fine. Mind you, I've got a bubble bath, which a producer of mine bought me years and years ago, and it changes colour. So, in other words, you sort of sprinkle in blue, and it goes red, I think. To be honest with you, I'm saving it for a special day. And it's it's like... Colour changing, all sorts of things. <laughs> he bought this for me some years ago. I remember thinking, that's a very original 
a very original Christmas present. It's either Christmas or birthday. And so you sprinkle this stuff on the water, and then the water changes colour. I was just thinking that was quite bizarre. I didn't want to sort of to start dyeing my skin, but I like the idea that they still make matey bubble bath. You know, it's still going either. I wonder where you would buy that. Probably Poundland. It'll be something daft, like Poundland will we'll sell it. Uh, even the plane is extra on Ryanair, Steve. And then somebody else says, you have to pay to sit next to loved ones, pay to check in early, pay if you want to choose your seat, and for hand luggage. Ryanair, low cost. Ha, 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 ha. I've never flown it. I've never flown it. I did go on a budget airline once when we went to see Father Christmas. Stop it. Uh, in the North Pole. And I knew it was a budget airline because I couldn't sit down normally I had to move my legs to the side because there was no room in the seats they were obviously made for let's just say littler people and are not people with any legs over sort of 18 inches and uh, so it's all right for kids kids loved it I forget which airline it was but anyway we sort of flew out there and there was nothing the matter with it it was all it was all perfectly fine and everything else it's just I, I like to sit down in a seat and then after I've eaten I like to go to sleep I could do that any I like to go to sleep the pr- producer does it on the bus He's a big fan of sleeping on the on the 176. Did you fall asleep yesterday on the bus? It's awful, isn't it? Was I on the bus yesterday? Oh, yes. It's awful. You can't remember, because I can't remember from day to day. And I remember saying to the producer, because I should have had an interview yesterday, but unfortunately it fell off the end of the diary, and so we hadn't, we hadn't seen it. It didn't crop up, and I said, well, I couldn't do it anyway. So we went home on that, and you fell asleep on the bus. I do that on trains sometimes. I hate doing it. If ever I'm sort of late in town, which would be very rare, I try not to get a train, because if you get a train, you sit on the back. There's something about the train. And there's also there's a low murmur of people talking, and it just, it just sort of kind of sends me off to sleep, which I quite like. But then there's nothing worse. Is you wake up, and you've leant against the window, and you've dribbled, and people are looking at you, and you're thinking, oh, God, I bet I was snoring. Because when you sort of wake up, you don't like to sort of immediately sort of open your eyes so you do it fairly slowly pretending you've been you've been awake all the time you don't like to pretend that you've been asleep because you think if I've snored they're all going to be going he was snoring and you don't I mean I don't so not not good University of Cambridge Vice Chancellor Professor Stephen Toop has just made a statement on the sad death of Professor Stephen Hawking at the age of 76 Professor Toop says that I quote Professor Hawking was a unique individual who will be remembered with warmth and affection not only in Cambridge, but all over the world. His exceptional contributions to scientific knowledge and the popularisation of science and mathematics have left an indelible legacy. His character was an inspiration to millions. And that's just come from the University of Cambridge Vice-Chancellor, Professor Stephen Toop, on the death of Stephen Hawking at the age of 76. Uh, apparently you can still get matey in Sainsbury's. It's funny, actually, because if you don't have a family, there's no, if, if you've got kids, young people... Most are small goats. Uh, then you you probably wouldn't know about it, but uh, you can still get matey. It's still available, still available out there. Uh, front page of the uh, mirror. They're doing Cheltenham. Of no interest to me whatsoever. Uh, also, uh, Roger Daltrey has real revealed he's very very deaf, which is uh, not so good. Uh, also, uh, what was the other one here? Uh, please, for more inquiries into Telford and the sex cases there, they think as many as a as a thousand young girls could have been affected by these mainly Pakistani Asian gangs up there. Uh, also, uh, the death threats uh, to the uh, Jamie Carra, Carragher Spit Rao family, as they're now known. And uh, as I say, just just dreadful all round. I don't really know. We we couldn't work out yesterday. I don't think we actually came to a solution, did we? 
as to exactly what should happen to him. But uh, I'm sure something will. Uh, also, rock giants, Iron Maiden, they're a group, OK, uh, have paid out £100,000 to settle a song round. Brian Quinn sued the heavy metalers after claiming they used his lyric in the hit song, Hallowed Be Thy Name. Well, the Church of England should be suing, shouldn't they? Hallowed Be Thy Name. Mr Quinn from Newcastle, who is part of a, uh, a band called Beckett, also alleged the rockers had used elements of his music in a second track called The Nomad. And so it was settled out of court. They've also got to pay legal fees of 285000 but They paid him £100,000. Wow. Uh, are you lost for words? I'm never lost for words. Well, I don't think so, actually. Um, I should have tried this on the, uh, on the producer. Uh, it's a very easy one here. Bring me my bow of burning gold. OK. Jerusalem, well done there. OK. Because I'm easy come, easy go, little high, little low. It is, well done. He, he knows these ones, Bohemian Rhapsody that was. OK, um, <laughs> wait a minute. Here, here, here's a good one. Um, regrets I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. Oh, my way, yes, well done, well done. And... <laughs> I'm trying to find one that he won't know. I think they're a bit too easy at the moment. Uh, there's one here. Alas, my love, you do me wrong to cast me off discourteously. Green sleeves. Alas, my love, you do me wrong. Da, 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 da. No? <laughs> Just me again. Around at the time of Henry VIII in the court. Um, oh, when the trumpet sounds that call, oh, Lord, I want to be in that number. Yes, where the saints go marching in. And finally, put him on a longboat till he's sober early in the morning. Put him on a longboat till he's sober. Hooray and up she rises, yes. What was what was the song, though? Hooray and up she rises. Oh, I think they used to sing Oh, Lie in the morning. I don't know what it's called either. We'll just call it a sea shanty. And the love that asks no question, the love that stands the test, that lays upon the altar the dearest and the best. I vow to thee, my country. Which I think actually is taken from the planets. I think it's Jupiter, bringer of jollity. I think. Don't, don't quote. I'm, I'm, I might be wrong on that. Sometimes I can't remember, but I do love the Planet Suite by Holst. Uh, Mr. Matey, sexist. Steve, what about Miss Matey? They never did Miss Matey. They, they only did Matey. It didn't, ha it didn't have a, a sexual connotation. It was just Matey. Matey bubble. I think it was a picture of a sailor with a funny hat on. I seem to remember. The bottle was quite um, fun. And um, and you could, you know, once it had finished, you could just sort of fill it up with water and pour it all over yourself because you were never, ever going to get it in your eyes. It didn't make any difference. You could you could pour the liquid into your eyes and it never stung, which is good. Uh, Steve, I'm going to Blackpool next week for a holiday. Oh, God, mad person alert. Mad person alert. Have you been? Uh, yes. Yes. But many, many years ago. And I didn't stay in Blackpool. Uh, need to buy some new trainers to go with. Uh, to be honest with you, I wouldn't bother by I just wear your Wellingtons. You'll fit in with everybody else up there. It's a godforsaken hellhole. You won't like any of it. It's got, full of horrible people. Horrible people. There's a few nice people. They, they live out the Lytham way. 
But uh, the middle of, middle of Blackpool, oh, goodness me, no, definitely not. And um, shall I buy white or red trainers? It makes no difference up there. They'll be black within side of a day. Seriously, it's, if you're 51, you shouldn't be wearing trainers anyway. You're way too old for things like that. Try slippers. Slippers are much easier. And also, you know, with your orthopaedic shoes and things like that, it goes much better. What should we do with a drunken sailor? That was the, what should we do with a drunken sailor? What should, to be honest with you, I never quite understood the whole premise behind that sea shanty. What should we do with the drunken sailor? Leave him. Leave him. What's the word? Early in the morning. Put him in the longboat till he's sober. Put him in the longboat till he's sober. Put him in the longboat. You just kept repeating, didn't you? Till he's sober. Early in the morning. Hooray and up she rises. Who was she? Where did she come from? I think hooray up she rises. I think that must have been bringing up the sails. But anyway, the sailor was way too drunk. They had to be drunk because they got them drunk to get on board the blooming boats in the first place. Nobody went on sober. The press gangs were out there to make sure of that. Oh, dear me. They used to go out, the pre- they go, the press gangs were in town. If you were, if you were propping up a bar, you know, it would, it would be an absolute nightmare because they'd be out there dragging you out. The next thing you'd be on a ship and that'd be you for the next two years. Couldn't go anywhere at all. It was, oh dear, far too dangerous. Uh, Jokers do a TV double. Oh, we've got the news coming out. I just remembered that. I was looking at pictures of the Trick Awards. My God, the over-made-up, bluesy, tarty ones are the ones from Love Island. For some reason, poor, poor Rebecca Bardi's turning up wearing an old pantomime outfit. It's very funny, dear, very funny, but it wasn't for you. It's the Trick Awards, people on television, OK? Not sort of, you know, people married to footballers who are desperately, desperately desperate to try and make something of themselves. Um, Steve, uh, they do Miss Matey too. Will you stop it, please? It was called Molly Bubble Bath in a pink container, says Brian. Trust you to know that. You're all know-alls, aren't you, this morning? <laughs> I've suddenly realised. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Blimey, it's cold today. It's definitely colder outside. And uh, this is in keeping with what I was telling you the other day. But, uh, in fact, we might have snow. Please, God, no. Please, God, no. Uh, Stephen Hawking has uh, died at the age of 76. That was announced this morning. LBC got that first because, uh, literally, it was uh, about half an hour before I came on air. And they went Stephen Hawking's died, so everybody was rushing around and all the rest of it. More on this, um, and that won't hit the papers today. The only papers it will hit will be the Metro and the Evening Standard in London and probably some of your local papers. But uh, all the main papers, they were all printed last night, so this was, uh, this was well after that. The mock slave sale is a really bizarre story. This comes from uh, a school in Bath. A school in Bath, OK? They haven't named the school, as far as I can see, but this is a group of white pupils who chained a black student to a lamppost and whipped him in a reported mock slave auction, they will not be expelled, it emerged the other day. The lad who was hit with sticks by seven teens who called him racist names, it's claimed, three of the alleged perpetrators were expelled by the headmaster. But the governors overturned the decision. They decided the trio should be excluded, along with the other four boys, for about two weeks. What sort of school is this? Pupils, uh, police are investigating the alleged incident said to have occurred at a lunch break on school grounds in Bath. So the school governors overturned the headmaster's decision to expel three of the boys and bring them back in again and say, we can just be excluded for two weeks. What? I think by the time we get to tomorrow, we'll know the name of the school and uh, we'll probably know a lot more about it. It's a very odd story. Uh, Zane and Gigi go in different directions. As I say, they're, they're children... They have a little fling, they have a little relationship, the press takes pictures, everybody goes, no, 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 that's all people are interested in nowadays, you know, 
I'm surprised that, you know, we haven't got more people in the papers from Love Island because that's all it is. They go, oh, they're going on there to find love. No, they're going on there to have sex with strange people and uh, then they actually film it for television. I don't know why, it's just the way television's going at the moment. So Zane and Gigi have gone out. I thought it was a bit odd. The other day he dyed his hair blonde and you think, and you don't see the warning signs. The next one will be Cheryl and Liam because that's what the papers are predicting and generally speaking they're quite right in this because they've got nothing in common She's not in the charts. She's not got any music to sell at the moment, even though it's been recorded. But it's been recorded for ages. I can't understand why they're faffing around with it. I'm supposed to try and make her relevant in today's music scene, but she's not. There is no outlet for her. Years ago, you could say the Des O'Connor show was where somebody could go on there and sing their latest tune. Well, there isn't that. She's not on television. You know, a boyfriend, Liam, gets to sing at the uh, that service at Westminster Abbey the other day. This is one that Meghan Markle and Harry couldn't stop laughing at. So we weren't sure if they were laughing at him singing or if they were laughing at just the whole sort of futility of the whole thing. It seems a bit daft, doesn't it? Liam Payne gets to sing in a church. But there you go. You know, see no reason why not. So Zayn and Gigi have gone in different directions. He's sort of said, oh, she's wonderful, she's marvellous and all the rest of it. You wait. There'll be some mudslinging before the, before the day is out, I should imagine. And so they go, they, they've actually split. They say, star and model split. Well, I mean, he's not a star. He was in a little group, but he opted out of that, out of that because he couldn't bear to work with the other people. None of them seemed to get on together. There is a picture of a dog in the paper today, and it's got a human face. Now, the reason I say it's got a human face, I don't know if this has been superimposed. Uh, somebody posted the, uh, the picture of him and her other dog. She's in America. But this has got a, this dog has got a human face. Now, to me, it looks though like it's photoshopped. I mean, far be it from me to call this woman a liar, but this puppy has taken the internet by storm because of its... because it's got a human face. I think that's photoshopped. I do not believe that this dog has got a human... I just don't believe it. It looks like they've put somebody else's eyes on the dog. I don't think dogs have eyes like that. I could be, I could be wrong. She's in America, so what the hell? But I'm just I'm just curious as to why people would buy into things like we've had all sorts of things, haven't we? Do you remember there was that dog with Esther Ranson years ago who apparently said sausages? No, he didn't. He didn't say anything like sausage. And that was apparently supposed to be sausages, so we all bought into it. Esther did the usual thing, covering her teeth up. And we all thought it said sausages, so I don't believe it at all. Uh eight four eight five O Steve, listeners beware. If you go to Blackpool wearing orthopaedic shoes, waving matey and taking the Queen's shilling, you could well find yourself press-ganged onto a saga cruise. No! Anything but a saga cruise. <laughs> Full of a lot of other elderly people. I see no reason why not. Actually, I'd, I'd be quite happy on that. Anything that's fairly quiet. I don't want sort of loud banging music or something. A little bit of Mantovani would suit me down to the ground. But uh, I can't think of any other reason that would get me to Blackpool. Apart from a magician's convention, but uh, nothing... You look at the picture of the dog. It's odd, isn't it? It's the eyes that turn it into a human. So that's why I think she's, she's substituted the eyes. That's what I think it is. Because you know what the Americans are like. I just don't believe it, that this, this dog looks like a human. Because you expect it to speak to you, don't you? It does look as though it's about to say something like, we're frauds. Um, that's what I think, anyway. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Uh, Britons lose £8 with an NHS diet. Uh, sounds quite good. Participants got free cookery and exercise classes in a radical bid to combat the twin um, crises of obesity and diabetes. Do you know um, type 2 diabetes is linked to obesity and kills 22,000 people a year? Hello, I'm a diabetic. <laughs> Mind you, Stephen Hawking had motor neurons. 
He survived for over 50 years after they said, oh, you'll only go a couple of years. Don't believe everything you're told. Don't believe everything you're told. I mean, he did phenomenally well. 76. Um, they're off. It's the, uh, it's the people who are racing at Cheltenham, and then you get the people who really shouldn't be allowed out at Cheltenham at all. There's a picture of two poor... They call them race maidens in flashy dresses. They look seriously trash. I've never seen anybody look so bad at Cheltenham. But they've got a lovely little pony here. I quite like the one. This is the world's smallest colt, Charlie, star of a show in Cologne in Germany. I want a little pony. Not a, not a My Little Pony, but I'm looking at the picture of these two girls here. Never could they be considered attractive. Not in a million years. You could sit there with it all hanging about over a table and it still wouldn't make you attractive. You know, if you're going out wearing stuff like this, there's names for you. Uh, Keish is in. Oh, Keish is in. I thought Keish was bad for you. I was always told Keith is... Uh, Keith. Keish is bad for you because it's eggs, isn't it? And stuff like that. Um, but they're, they're sort of looking here at healthier items in your basket. So in... Uh, action camera, blah, blah, blah. Uh, out is pork pies. Now, occasionally, occasionally, I'm a bit, I'm a bit sort of leaning on the department of a, a Melton Mowbray. Uh, bottle of lager in a nightclub. No, thank you. Uh, out goes pasty or a savoury pie. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> I quite like a pasty every so often. Uh, an Edam cheese, supposedly very fattening. But I do, because I used to think Edam, because it's got holes in it. It was air, so you weren't eating as much as you thought you were. Peaches and nectarines, out. Uh, also, I'm more upset about... Uh, I want a full, full leg wax is out as well. Many of you worrying about that this morning, I can tell, listening to Steve Allen, early breakfast on LBC, going, oh, the full leg wax is out. Some people do it themselves. I've seen the adverts on the television. I've, I've never had to worry about that. I'm the least hairy person on my legs that you'd ever find. But uh, the fact that pasties are out, I'm afraid, uh, in... Prepared mashed potato. Yummer, yummer, yummer. <laughs> that suits me. If ever I go to Nando's on those rare occasions, I will have three chicken thighs or whatever they are uh, with coleslaw and mashed potato. I used to have chips, but I thought their chips were rubbish. So I gave up on chips. But uh, I do like mashed potato. And uh, there's something about nice mashed potato. If you do it, even instant mashed potato. I know people say, I used to have a producer years ago, Lucy. She said, oh, you can, uh, you can always tell the difference. I said, no, you can't. And I made some instant mashed potato. You shove enough butter in it, nobody can tell the difference. Delicious, with grated cheese on the top, tin of beans, little sausages, <laughs> Helmut's real mayonnaise. Right, there's nothing worth than depressing myself at this time of the morning. So quiche is in, and pork pies are out. Well, that's good news, because I'm, I'm partial to a quiche, but uh, not very often, not very often. I just It's not the kind of thing I can get excited about. I don't think my mother ever used to make quiches. It's just, it's an egg mixture, isn't it? You pour it in and it's got bits of bacon and stuff like that. You can probably do all sorts of things with it. I just don't know what you, I suppose you have it with chips or a salad. The worst thing in the world, as far as I'm concerned, a salad. I'm getting back into mushrooms. I'm getting very much into uh, mushrooms. I'm very enjoying them. Uh, also, what have we got here? Uh, pa -pa 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 -pa. Exercise leg saver. Regular exercise in old age could be used to restore nerve endings. I don't think I've got any, any nerve endings in my feet at the moment. Which is uh, typical diabetic. Typical diabetic. That's always the, uh, the bad side of it. When people go, oh, you could lose your feet. And I go, listen, you don't need to tell me. You don't need to tell me. Uh, Crofty Devils. Ashley scoops top prize with a new Pudsey. This is uh, Ashley and Pudsey. Because the dog trick act secretly entered Crufts last week under a false name. Went on to win gold. But it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's um, a trained dog to do tricks. That's what it is. 
Uh, also, what have we got here? Coronation Street has its own tattoo parlour. I did say, what did I say yesterday? Audrey Roberts could go in there and have a full sleeve. And they've mugged up a picture of Audrey Roberts. Ken Barlow's got quite a few. And uh, Sam Aston, who plays Chesney, he, he looks like he's got tattoos anyway. So not for me, unfortunately. And, uh, oh, guess who's officially retired? You will whoop with joy. You'll whoop with joy. Trini and Susanna have officially retired from representing. Thank God for that. Thank you so much, Lord. Thank you. The apparently what not to wear haven't been on television since 2010. Didn't miss you. Didn't miss you. Sorry about that. It's, it was of its generation. And uh, they've remained firm friends. Susanna said, that ship has sailed. Good, good, very happy. Thank you. Right, now, a few other programmes I need to get rid of. Made in Chelsea, which is just basically a lot of sort of classy girls talking about who they've had sex with. And, uh, and uh, Towie, a lot of non-classy girls still discussing who they've had sex with. It all seems to be Pete Wicks. If you've not had sex with Pete Wicks on Towie, don't bother. And... Uh, and what? Oh, and Love Island. I don't class Love Island as a TV programme. I just call it sort of Dog's Day Out. It really is. It's possibly one of the worst programmes I've seen next to Keith Lemon. Anything with Keith Lemon in on television about as funny as just not funny. You know, I'm just one of those sort of people. Some people are funny. Some people aren't funny. He's not funny. You know, I'd, I'd much rather laugh at Pip Schofield and Holly Willoughby having one of their, their sort of giggles. Because quite clearly they've both got filthy minds. But uh, I've noticed that Campo de Gino, he doesn't, he doesn't laugh as much as he used to. Perhaps he's getting old. Who knows? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Happy birthday to Sir Michael Caine. He's 85 today and not a lot of people know this, Steve, but I may retire soon. So there you go. 85. Don't retire. Don't ever say retire. Not in your business. You never say retire in your business. Because sometimes people sit there and go, what do I do now? What do I do now? No, just just say, you know, I'm maybe cutting back a little bit. 85. Way too young. Way too young. Uh, what else do we have uh, in the paper today? Oh, we found, uh, we found another uh, disability fraudster. Uh, this is uh, a man here. In fact, it's two of them, actually. It's husband and wife. Graham and April Totterdell from Dover. Um, they're a pair of old fraudsters. You know what they did? They claimed that he could barely walk. Barely walked. So they claimed £38,000 disability scam. He's running two marathons. You know, I mean, I'm glad we've thrown you in prison, you old fraudster. But uh, they had large savings and they owned two houses. Uh, they carried on ripping people off. I hope we get it all back for you. And you come out and you've got nothing. You can go and live in a tent as far as I'm concerned. Apparently, the judge said the mother of two was a liar of epic proportions. Well, they're both fraudsters, aren't they? Crooks. Bent. Graham and April Totterdell. The jury heard his wife had signed benefit application forms claiming he needed a frame, a stick and crutches because of two injuries. She's a crook. She's a bent fraudster. She even wrote on one appeal that her husband was so doddery she had to put toothpaste on his brush. Yeah. Don't make me say it, please. However, the prosecutor said Totterdell uh, competed in runs across Kent and ran the London Marathon twice. They're going to face a very hefty legal bill for the trials. Good. Let's sell their houses. Keep them in prison. Take everything. Chuck it on a skip. Let people go and nick it. Do whatever. People like that make me sick. 38,000. They were running marathons. Might you tip of the iceberg, aren't they? There's loads of people like that. People do... Uh, they think they can get away with it. Not anymore. Nice to get two of them at the same time. Uh, bins to be emptied only once a month. Some, how, how can like, people... We, we generate tons of rubbish. Generate tons of rubbish. I don't know how you can possibly ever... But there might be certain parts of the country where you are that you probably only get... I mean, ours, ours are emptied weekly. 
Ours are emptied weekly, and I, I think that's about right, actually. Seems to be, anyway, so far. Uh, reference the dog, Steve, with human features. Why didn't they do a video? That would have confirmed it. As you say, it's photoshopped, says Dave. I know. That's, I looked at it. I thought fraudsters immediately. Fraudsters. It's, that's a superimposed. It's the eyes that are superimposed. It's always been done very cleverly, but it's still superimposed. If you watch the ABC News video, the dog looks nothing like the picture. No, that's why I say it's, it's, it's cheating, isn't it? Uh, Steve, if this dog does have human face, I think there's one of the questions to be asked in that household. Was the dog that says sausages, not the wolves dog? Other sausages are available, says Dan. I don't know. I just sort of, I just sort of think it, it didn't say sausages. It's just that they were, you go, that's not sausages. It's just growling. There's a bloke in Covent Garden. He, I don't want to ruin it for you, but he's, uh, he's dressed up as a dog with floppy ears. He's crouching in a box, OK, underneath it. He's very peculiar. Mind you, I think most of those people who spray paint their bodies and do things like that, they're sorry, what do you do for a living? I attach myself to a pole and stand in Covent Garden ripping tourists off. Would you like a picture taken with a gladiator? Not really, no. I don't know where they come from. There must be some sort of gangs roaming around. It's ghastly. They're all over the blooming place, in front of the National Gallery. Right, bunch of old fraudsters down there. Terrible people. Uh, Steve, do you think our friends, not my friends, Katie Price and Gemma Collins will be at the horse racing then, says Ben. I don't know, actually. Well, no, Katie can't be. She's recovering at the moment because she's for surgery. But she said she's not going to have any more cosmetic surgery. But mind you, we've heard lies emanating from Katie Price before. Gemma Collins isn't having it. She's having non-invasive surgery, like, you know, call this number. And you get, like, you know, you can get discount kind of thing. It's just rubbish. Don't, don't waste your time and money, please. It's like buying a DVD, isn't it? You know, if Gemma Collins brought out a fitness DVD, seriously, it would be the last one remaining on the shelves. It's as simple as that. And uh, Jackie says, it's amazing. Stephen Hawking lived so long with his condition. An inspiration and a national treasure. Yes, I'm sure there's going to be loads of stories about Stephen Hawking coming out over the next uh, few weeks or so. Cambridge have already issued a statement. Uh, There's colleges in America where he works. They have stories about him as well, and I'm sure that'll be hitting the press. And uh, and then there'll be a big funeral. So we've got Ken Dodd's funeral. It's going to be held over three days, I should imagine, the amount of people who want to turn up for that one. And, um, and then we'll have Stephen Hawking. I suspect Stephen Hawking will be... I mean, I, you know, I don't think you're going to get Dermot O'Dreary turning up to Stephen Hawking, are we? It's not going to be a showbiz, you know... Well, I don't, I don't think it's going to be a showbiz, this kind of funeral. But, uh, uh, also, um, it's remarkable that Stephen Hawking dies on... Is it Pi Day? Pi. 3.14. You see? I have no idea what you're talking about. I really have no idea. When you say pie day, I'm thinking, is that one of those lion's made pies where you can suck the filling up through the hole? I mean, I don't, I don't know what on earth you're talking about. Pie. What is that? I've heard of pie, but I don't, I don't quite know what it is. I don't want to show my ignorance in front of everybody. So is it sort of, I mean, is, is it, is it um, an equation, pie? Is it P? Yeah. We didn't get that far in my school. We, don't, we, we didn't do it. Pie. The, the number pi is a mathematical constant. Oh, oh, this is the one which was, I think, originally defined as the ratio of a circle's circumference to its diameter. That's the one. Oh, you should have explained that to me. I'd have known immediately. Uh, I mean, being because it's an irrational number, isn't it? So it can't be expressed as a common fraction equivocally. It's, I think, decimal representation never ends and never settles into a permanent repeating pattern. So if you'd have said to me it was that one, I'd have known straight away. A lot of people think I'm an idiot or something. I don't know about pie. They're not just steak and kidney, are they, ladies and gentlemen? So uh, thank you for that one. So now pie. So now you know what it is. I'm none the wiser. Pie three one four. What's that? Three fourteen. Is that is it a time? It's just 
Oh, the number is 3.14. We don't, we don't do clever things on this programme. And there's a reason. There's a reason. It makes the presenter... Is that, sorry? Will James O'Brien do that joke? He'll be the only one who'll laugh. Nobody... The producer won't get that one. You don't think Beth's going to get that one. Please. I don't... I mean, I'd listen, if I didn't get it, she definitely won't get it. And I get most things. <laughs> uh, Steve, Metro won't have a story about Stephen Hawking. It's printed at the same time. As, I bet you it's got it. I bet you the Metro's got it. I bet you. I bet you they, they, they will have it. I'm never wrong. Uh, a lot of people questioning about the uh, the dog with the human face. Yeah, I, it's fake. It's fake. Um, Steve, would you work for the KGB? Um, how do you know I'm not working for the KGB? How do you know I'm not working for the KGB? You wouldn't know who these people were, were you? Obviously, people can flit in and out of the country on Aeroflot, or they perhaps come in from somewhere else so it's not, you know, perhaps they come with a family. Could be sleepers, we don't know. And then they go out there and their mission is to get rid of somebody who's lived here for four years. Well, in the case of the other bloke, he was on a wanted list from the Kremlin. And he's been here for quite some time. We seem to we harbour all sorts of strange people. But uh, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes. We just have to accept the fact that we can't start making threats against Russia because Putin will just not put up with it. And no matter how much... Theresa May sits there and postulates and sort of does all her usual sort of bits of people. Yeah, we're going to be doing this and that. We've got no idea. Not a clue what she's going to do. Perhaps she's going to go round there and sort of, you know, ban all flights to the Soviet Union, ban all holidays, close down all the holiday groups, no more cruising, you know, around Russia and all that kind of stuff. You know, we're going to... What's that going to do to them? Are they really going to be bothered? They'll just come and take the country. Ridiculous, isn't it? So uh, somebody says, can you suggest the lyrics... Uh, you have a good singing voice. That is true, actually. Uh, Phil and Jamie. Steve, in the olden days, I think they used to be called quiche. Well, they used to call quiche egg flans. Mm. So I was never a big fan of egg flans. But my mother used to do one with bacon, I'm sure. A little bit of short crust pastry. I remember her pricking out with a fork. That's all I remember. And, and then she'd fill it up and then put it in the oven and have bacon bits in it and everything else. And I think it used to come with a salad. In fact, I'm pretty certain... Um, and I used to, I don't know why, I would, um, sorry, I just got confused by a text that's come in. And because uh, it now turns out that Andy Peters is now listening to this programme every day. And I see Andy Peters about once in a blue moon uh, as he sort of nips into Twickenham to do a bit of shopping. Was it right, Andy? Somebody told me that you were responsible for those black Nando's cards. Somebody told me this ages and ages. And I remember thinking, that's interesting, isn't it? And then somebody said this morning... These are the Black Nando's cards that are given to select people. And uh, unfortunately, I was never selected. So to, I, I was always the last kid on the block, so it doesn't make any difference. But um, he's, he's agreeing with, with Jamie Oliver. He says, I love the show every day, which is a great way to set up. But we're all freezing to death, aren't we, at the moment? We're absolutely freezing to death. And it's not going to get better. And uh, the one thing you must avoid this weekend is Twickenham because it's rugby and it's Ireland. Because it's St. Patrick's Day on Saturday. And uh, that's that's good for a lot of people and not so good for other people. And people who are celebrating birthdays are getting the heck out as quick as possible. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Uh, seven o'clock this morning, Nick Ferrari's with you for breakfast. The government's dis- uh, deadline for Moscow to explain how a Russian-made nerve agent was used to poison a former spy is now passed. What steps should Theresa May now take? 
The physics genius, genius, Professor Stephen Hawking, as you know, has died at the age of 76. Nick will have the best reaction to his passing. Plus, after Donald Trump decided to fire his Secretary of State and even announced it on Twitter, is he just treating his presidency like an episode of The Apprentice? It's all with Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning from 7 here on LBC. So now we've got all these famous people listening to the programme, which is great, actually. So having had well, Jamie Oliver, we knew, we knew Jamie was a listener because he said when he goes to the gym... He always listens, so he's in the second hour of the programme. And there's lots of people in the business who listen to the programme because it saves them having to go through the papers to find some of the stories to do on their programmes, which is OK. I don't mind that. I, I like being sort of helpful warm-up man. And, uh, and then Jamie tweeted this morning that he's in Italy uh, doing some stuff over there. Then Andy Peters tweeted that he was following Jamie's footsteps and loves the show every day. And now Stuart Manning's jumped on as well and says, I agree with Andy and Jamie. It's the best. I listen every day. Brightens up my day. It's all you can hope for, isn't it, in the morning? Cause isn't life too depressing? God, I mean, yesterday I was so worried about the fact that you know, I might have been blown up by an Exocet missile. I left here yesterday thinking, I don't know, should I spend my money quickly? I think somebody did it years ago. Didn't they? Liberace did that when he, he was told that he was, he was dying. And so he started spending all his money. And then it turned out he wasn't actually dying at all. So he had to sort of keep, uh, keep going. And uh, what, what's Will Guyatt talking about? Was he talking about Theresa May? Is... is Okay. It takes me ages to find all these things. Please don't send me all these things, because I can't find them on my phone. Listen, you're talking to a man who's got no idea what pie is. I'm trying to understand the jokes. Although somebody said the, the sad news uh, of uh, Stephen Hawking's passing, proof if ever proof was needed, you can't judge a book by its cover. What an extraordinary life. What an extraordinary man. Yes. Oh, I'm sure there's going to be loads of stuff that's going to come out about him. I'm totally convinced. Pie, Steve, says Nelson. Lord above, you've resurrected yourself from the dead, have you? Well done, you. I've seen your flag. Uh, is the ratio of the circumference of Scarlet Moffat's waist to the diameter of a rubbish DVD? Pie day is when she eats 3,142 pies for breakfast, lunch and dinner and occurs every, well, every day, really. Very bitter, honestly. You don't, need that. You don't need that kind of talk, do we? It's unnecessary. There's only one person allowed to be rude about sort of minor Z-list celebrities, and that's me. Anybody else does it, they're treading on my on my footsteps, I think. I can't find anything to do here. Uh, but I did have one. I know it's actually a friend of mine, Jenny, she also she went down with this cold thing the other day. And uh, everybody else was, was going down with it. Uh, ben Hart, the magician, also says, uh, Stephen Hawking, what a legend. See, I think people are saying legend, but I don't think they know enough about him. I just knew that he had a voice went like that, and, and that was it. I didn't know anything else. I just knew he talked about things, you know, which were way out of my... As I say, if he, if he understood pie, well, then, you know, I start from a, a Z-list. Kay Burley has RIP'd him. I was just, somebody was showing me a clip, actually, earlier on of him uh, on The Big Bang Theory. He obviously, he obviously quite liked doing programmes like that. I think so. Well, he must have done, otherwise he wouldn't have done the blooming things, would he? Uh, Jan Sullivan. Morning, Jan. Late of the Queen's Theatre, uh, which is lovely. And... Uh, Oh, it's Stuart who said it, this, this show gives him a good giggle. And I hope Theresa May doesn't go rushing into anything, says Will Guide. There's nothing worse than ancient comedy, is there? I mean, really, heavens above. And um, Paul, Paul Rudd listens every day, too, to the Steve Allen show, which is, um, which is good news. In fact, the more the merrier, as far as I'm concerned. Well, in fact, actually, you know, obviously, the more the merrier. That's how we make money. Uh, Steve, did you see Louise Redknapp is going to support Britney Spears at Brighton Pride? I know. Got one of those really good gigs. That's a really good gig, isn't it? So Brighton Pride, so are you headlining? 
supporting Brittany. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't think anybody's going to be there for Louise Redknapp. You know, queens or no queens. You know, give somebody a whistle and a rainbow flag. They're not going to be shouting out tunes from Louise Redknapp, are they, anytime soon? They're going to be going, Brittany, Brittany. We're all going to be going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I don't know if I want to see Brittany. So you did it again. You break your heart. <laughs> you can just see it. You can just see it. I mean, I'm not saying Brighton's camp, but I mean, seriously, this is going to be a pretty camp show. Pretty camp show. And with Louise Redknapp, they'll be going, and now before Brittany, oh, what? Louise Redknapp will be singing, oh, God, does she have two? Well, she, yeah, she's, she's paid to do the warm-up. Oh, God, can't we just light a fire? Um, no, she's, she's, got to, she's employed to do the warm-up. What, Louise, can't you find anybody else? Can't you get the Spice Girls? With or without Victoria Beckham. Uh, front pages of the papers. It makes grim reading. Oh, snow, here we go again. Because it's cold. It is. I don't know where you are in the country. I'm really, you know, worrying about it. And um, Diane says, I reckon Katie Price tunes into your show every day. Don't be ridiculous. She's not up. Oh, uh, she will have got up at this time. She's doing Loose Women. She'll have started the makeup, troweling it on. They had a woman on um, one of the jewellery channels the other day. There's so many of these things on the telly. I, can't, I don't even know where they come from. And, um, and she was wearing... There's obviously something the matter with her because she had two dead spiders glued to her eyes. And I suddenly worked it out that they're sort of, they're false eyelashes, but they look ridiculous. They need to get either a professional makeup artist in down there or sort of sort her out. Looks dreadful. So if we do get snow, it's going to be, oh, not crack pipes again, please God. I don't, there was some poor, poor woman, she went away on holiday. She had a lovely holiday home and she went away. And while she was away from the place for about three months, the, uh, the pipes burst. And when she came back, three quarters of the house was underwater. It was absolutely awful because it just kept running and running and running. Because it's not like, you know, sort of automatic things. Uh, Will Guyatt says, Britney in Vegas was one of the best shows of my life. You have to get out of it more, don't you? What, you actually went to see Britney Spears in Vegas. I don't know, actually, out of all the people in Vegas, who I'd want to go and see. I've seen quite a few. I've, I've mainly seen magic acts, it has to be said. Copperfield uh, went through a lazy phase. Uh, of just sort of just wandering through it like in a drink. Because if you're doing the same thing twice a day, three times a day sometimes, I went to see, oh, God, I went to see Lance Burton. I did. I was lucky enough to see Secret and Roy before the attack. I've actually sat at a table with Secret and Roy. That was that was quite... I never took any pictures. You just tend... I, you know, because I'm mixing with celebrities all the time. I tend to forget. And... Um, and who else? There was another bloke who does a magic act over there, and I can't remember his name. But anyway, he sort of tries to pretend he's like Biker Boy, but he's not. He's really posh. And it's sort of, it's an act. It's a good act. And Vegas does do good shows. I saw um, Penn and Teller. They were good. They were very good. Very clever stuff. Very clever stuff. And so I quite like that. And then we, we've done all the usual things. I went with a friend of mine, and uh, he just got us all comp seats for all these magic shows, which it's worth You know, if you're going to go to Vegas, go do... Go to the magic shows. I'm hoping to go later in the year. That's the idea, you know, me and, and not, doing, uh, not doing holidays. Uh, Penn and Teller were great. I like the idea that they don't get on and they don't talk to each other apart from on stage, but they come off stage at the end. They go and stand in the big foyer of the theatre and they sign autographs and have pictures taken. You know, where would you find that over here? You just don't get that. There's a different mentality for doing it and I hope it pays them a, an awful lot of money. Uh Hema says, uh, I'm back in London and it's cold. Sorry to hear about Stephen uh, Hawking. Love the Big Bang Theory. But uh, keep warm. Mm -mm. The meerkat Alexandrov has been acting suspiciously, says John in Boulogne. Should I report him? He spends a lot of time now reading chemistry books. Ah, the meerkat. 
Yes, so, Sergei, we have, uh, we infiltrate the British public. They no see anything. And every so often, we send out little cuddly toy. And before you know where they are, cuddly toys come to life, take over household, drag people out through front door, and then we burn house down. That's what it's going to be like, isn't it? You can just imagine, these th- in years to come, there'll be a film made about that. It'll be sort of toys, like, like Toy Story. You know, the toys that come to life. And the meerkats, you can just imagine. We all love, we go, oh, so funny with those little Russian voices. Yes. You know. And um, apparently there are other unidentified car insurance comparison sites which are available. Okay. But you don't get a free toy, you know. Let's face it, at night time, all toys come alive, as you know. Ask the kids. Why do you think the kids wake up screaming in the night? The kids are in the room with the toys. They're walking around, chatting and everything else. And the parents are going, oh, teething again. The kids are going... Bloody meerkat's talking to me. Trying to get out the bedroom door and the meerkat's are going, you're not going anywhere, little one. That's what they're like nowadays. You've got to watch this sort of stuff. You think then that this is, this is sort of in the fantasy land? Forget it. This is true. This is true. Just have a teddy bear. His eyes followed me everywhere. Seriously, wherever you were in the room, Teddy's eyes were on you and you used to think, what are you thinking? What little scheme are you cooking up in the corner of the room? So in the end, I put him face down on the bed. Never spoke to me ever again. Never spoke to me. It was a it was a relationship that was doomed. I'm afraid from the from the start. Uh, on uh, archive Facebook page was a video of Andy Peters from 1995. Says Martin in Toaster. See, I know it's pronounced Toaster, not Towcester. How come he still looks the same and hasn't aged in 23? Don't ask me. I don't know. Perhaps he's eating healthily. He does look after himself. He does look after himself. He has. You know, he's one of those sort of people. See me. I've kind of let myself go a little bit. I've sort of, I've, I've sort of kept my, my figure and added to it, which I think is a bit of a bonus. Some people sort of worry about things like that, but to be honest with you, uh, some days you think, I just can't be bothered. I really can't. I wish I, was, I wish I was a naturally slim person. I mean, I'm not ginormous, but I wish I, was, I wish I was a bit thinner. I wish I could sort of wake up in the morning and tuck a shirt in. I've not tucked a shirt in for ages, and I found two shirts. I don't think they're mine. They've come back from the dry cleaners, and I put one on yesterday and everybody said, oh, that's a nice shirt. I put another one on today because uh, I've got one in green and one in black. But I don't remember buying these things. So I have a sneaking feeling there's somebody else's shirts that have found their way into my little pile of washing and ironing, which is brilliant because I'm keeping them. I'm not telling anybody about it. I'm really not. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, every nine minutes to seven. Only nine minutes left of the programme. And some more of your texts and emails very quickly. Um, Noreen says, thank goodness, you're sounding so much better. Actually, the funny thing is, it's, it's, you know, me and illness. I don't do illness. I'm, I'm not really, an, well, surprisingly with my history, but I'm not really an ill sort of person. So when I get ill or I get a cough or something, I get angry more than anything because I can't do anything about it. But uh, you just have to kind of put up with it. But, she says, Louise Redknapp supporting Britney, at least with our shows, although they're not all original members of the band, we get good acts. Next week, we've got The Fortunes, Mike Darbo, Mike uh, Pender from The Searchers, Etc. I mean, Noreen loves her tribute acts. She loves her 60s bands and 70s bands. And she goes to see as many as possible because they're all our age now, aren't they? Well, they are age. And uh, uh, Steve, if you're opening your programme with... No, no, I can't say that. I've been in trouble before if I ask any one of these machines to play the programme. Uh, it doesn't really help. It doesn't sort of add to my audience listeners. I wish it was that simple. If it was that simple as just saying, you know, I've only got to say a simple word on the radio and it would double the audience. It's great. Uh, Steve, I'm driving, so don't make me laugh. Uh, My name is Dave and uh, I live in Connecticut. Don't be ridiculous. Nobody called Dave in America, is there? They'd all call, I don't know, what would be a typical American name? I don't know. Chuck. 
Hey, Chuck. Steve, I'm Chuck. I live in Connecticut. And uh, they had a storm yesterday, 20 inches of snow on the state. 20 inches of snow. Actually, we're, we're lucky. Touch wood, somewhere in the studio. Uh, we haven't had anything like that. Around the country, we have. Around the country, we've had some really, you know, people have been cut up. There was some woman opened her front door to be confronted by a complete wall of of snow and she had to chisel away out of that to get anywhere at all so it's uh, it has been difficult I've, I've never made light of the weather in this country i've lived through just about everything fire flood and famine i think and da, 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 da. Uh, martin says when uh, paul daniels worked in the navy used to roll his half crown salary across his knuckles uh, oh yes I've, I've got friends who do that coin rolling yes that's very common among uh, coin magicians yes you, you put it on there and you make it drop and it goes, and then you go underneath, and it comes back round. Oh yes, I've got a friend who does it. I can't do things like that. I'm rubbish at that sort of thing. But it doesn't matter. So uh, yes, I know Martin all about stuff like that. Uh, somebody says you must get an Instagram channel. Great for exploding your profile with pics and video. No, thank you. No, thank you. I don't listen. I've, I've got more than enough with with Twitter. Thank you very much indeed. I don't need anything else. It just it just gets confusing. Some I'm surprised that some people. I looked at Jamie Oliver's. He's got what did I say? Seven seven million. Seven million, seven, or 17 million, whatever it is, it's a hell of a lot. Certainly a lot more than me. Uh, Sun the front page, I'm on Putin's hit list. Vlad Rebel found dead at UK home. They don't know if he was strangled or he was poisoned. They've got no idea. I think what they're doing is demonstrating they can basically do what they want. Uh, Kelly's Melons, yes, good old Kelly Brook. Don't ask her to speak. That would really uh, slow your day down. And here she is, some more fruity pictures. She obviously discovered a fruit market, so she's been holding melons, and uh, melons is what she's doing today. I feel like apologising to the Thai people, saying, we're not all like that, thank you. Uh, the Daily Mirror, uh, Cheltenham, and so they've got a picture. I think we've got the first trans jockey, or trans trainer, or trans somebody, anyway. Uh, and they're so desperate at the Mirror, they're giving you a 12-page pullout on the Racing Big Festival, and a free £10 bet with somebody. I, don't, I can't encourage gambling. Uh, the mail today, do you really want to kill off the coppers in our pockets, Mr Hammond? Or is it a PR disaster in the making? Kremlin defies May's midnight ultimatum. Of course it is. Of course it is. What do you expect they're going to do? Sit there going, oh, we're still frightened. And warns Britain, don't threaten a nuclear state. Well, you know, she might have got it wrong. I personally don't think she has, but the trouble is a way of saying it, isn't there? As opposed to sort of threatening them, you know, we're going to bring in sanctions. What sanctions? Guardian this morning, Trump swings the axe again and plunges US diplomacy into turmoil. Russian exile found dead at his home in London. If you were a Russian exile, and there's so many crooks. I didn't realise Russia was turning out crooks. That's why so many have got so much money. How do they make so much money? Being bent. Seriously, it's that bad. Uh, Russia warns Britain, don't try to intimidate us. And Well, I have to, you know, I am inclined to agree I'm inclined to agree. What are they? I mean, you know, where does that end? Where does that end? I don't know. Number 10, to curb Sharia in push for integration. Muslim couples who have a Sharia wedding will be made to register their marriage in law under government plans. I'm sorry, you can't have two systems operating in this country. You've either got a system operating, which we all adhere to, or we don't. Uh, death of second Russian exile triggers new terror probe. <coughs> Excuse me, what do you reckon? Another one by the weekend? <coughs> Because there must be other people on the on the Kremlin's uh, hit list. Uh, sunshine coming out yesterday, which is great. So huge crowds for the Cheltenham Festival. Bores me senseless. Couldn't care less. And uh, and I'm quite sure that it'll run and run and run and run. To the point of boredom and we'll all be going, oh, isn't it exciting? Cheltenham Festival. I'm going, not really, no. 
Imagine, you don't have to be excited about it. It's bad enough when they do it on the television. Imagine the one thing we've been grateful for, we haven't seen John McCrerick for ages, have we? That was always a fairly good thing. He was, he was as mad as a fruitcake. Him and his wife, the booby, I just think was slightly odd. He sort of turned up, he turned up on Big Brother. Do you remember some years ago? He used to sit around in his pants. I mean, I'd seen pants before, but not, uh, not, not pants that look like that. Uh, eight for eight, five. Oh no, don't, don't bother, don't bother. Sorry, I just, I nearly gave you the uh, the address out again. I suddenly I'm going home. Well, I'm not actually. I'm doing a an in conversation today, which I'm very much looking forward to because it's uh, an actor who's uh, had awards and plaudits. Uh, he's been in the History Boys, and you know the History Boys on film and on um, on stage was one of my favourite favourite things. And uh, we'll be talking to him. He's at the Many A Chocolate Factory. Uh, we do it again tomorrow. From four, and I know it's going to get colder. I know there's going to be something that's going to happen. I'm just praying that you know the cold weather doesn't kill off anybody else. So I wish you a very, very pleasant day. And uh, if you've enjoyed the programme, I'm Steve Allen. If you haven't, unfortunately, I'm still Steve Allen. But make sure you upload. Oh, sorry, download. Not upload. I was making up my own words now. As well as listening, it's the LBC app. It means you can listen to LBC wherever you are. And you can listen to all our programmes from the last week for free on the catch-up feature, which is good news, isn't it? And you can do that to get my free podcast as well. On my little bit extra today, I'll be looking back to yesterday's Trick Awards. It's a do for people who work in television and radio, so why in God's name Rebecca Vardy turned up is beyond me. One of the most ridiculous outfits I've ever seen. I mean, seriously, you know, she's not even on television. Just go away, dear. Go away, please. I'll also tell you what uh, surely happened when the Love Island lot were called to pick up an award. I'll tell you about the singer who seems to be sleeping with an entire county, if reports are to be believed. Plus, you'll find out about the time I met Roger Daltrey, who can't hear now. Uh, yes, you, Roger. He's, apparently, it's got so bad, he's got to wear earpieces and everything. My little bit extra is available very shortly, and it's totally free. Have a lovely, lovely day. Tell your friends, LBC, it's so easy. You can, you can fit into everything. And then James O'Brien was talking. Somebody said James O'Brien was talking about it the other day, saying, I go to Costco and put all my stuff in M&S bags to make it look like I'm shopping in M&S. Actionable. Actionable. Download the LBC app for iPhone or Android. Tap on Catch Up. It's as simple as that. At 10 o'clock this morning, it is the aforementioned James O'Brien. But coming up next with breakfast on LBC, it's Nick Ferrari. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.